Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Marks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. This week we're doing S6E19, Did You Miss Me? <laughs> the penultimate season six episode. Mm-hmm. Written by Joseph Doherty, directed by Roger Cumble. Roger Cumble, who presumably is fresh at work on the Cruel Intentions TV show now. Yeah. So this is Doherty's like at least fifth episode this season something like that yeah because he did two and three right did two and three yeah which, you know we were there for that yeah, he's uh, done three this half season yeah and then was there no more in 6a i have to look I'm, I'm not sure to be honest i mean he's he's kind of dominated season six yeah um this was the one you know as we talked about before was actually the last episode filmed they switched the production of the episode 19 episode 20 uh I can only assume that that's for Nolan North. I looked at the cast and whatnot, unless it's some other just random like production reason that would make no sense to us. The only thing that sticks out to me cast-wise is that Nolan North was maybe not available for, which is why he's not in this episode that we're doing right now, but he is in the next one. Nolan North around. draws a lot of water in this town, Lebowski. Yeah. He can draw shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I just checked. It looks like uh, Dirty has five episodes this season. This is a beguiling and mysterious tapestry of an of an interesting episode. It's also um, a little bit short. Yeah, which I find it a bit curious. Uh, it's the second one this season that's been like a forty minute episode. Oh, and if you take away the the previously on, it's like a thirty eight minute episode. You know, yeah. So. Which I don't know if that's just you know it just time short or like I guess we've kind of been. Our pet theory has been that maybe PLLs had to take a slight budget cut this season. And does that fit into it? I don't know if it's that so much because it's not like the other episodes are shorter. I, I kind of just wonder if maybe they just, whatever they're waiting on, they wanted to hold for the next episode. And maybe that's why the, the weird texting montage at the end of this just to pad it out a little bit because they don't want whatever's coming to happen until the beginning of the next episode. <laughs> I can only assume if you're going to do that, something big is going to happen. I can see that being reason why that's in there, just because, you know, it just smacks of uh, post-production work. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they should do that from now on whenever anyone sends a text. Yeah. yeah just constantly. Just constantly like a... Body starts playing. Just a storm of binary numbers. You feel like, oh my God, it's another 30-minute long transition to send this text. <laughs> So Ezra sends a text. You see that on the screen. You see it flying. Mm -hmm. You watch it go across town and like uh, like Adnan Syed style, like hitting different uh, cell towers and coming back. And then Ezra has to send the other text where it's just like, like asterisk, your. Yeah. <laughs> and then Arya responds and has to do it again. <laughs> just the same stock footage every time. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's daytime. You would think that from these montages, like days have passed from this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Timeline just gets more magical and dreamlike. Um, Before we jump in, did you have any uh, follow-up you want to get? I don't recall. Do you? Uh, a couple comments on our website page. Uh, Isabel mentioned a movie called Obvious Child, which apparently deals with abortion in a similar Jenny, manner. Jenny Slate? Uh, I think so, yeah. Apparently deals with abortion in, in a similar manner to what I was talking about last week. 
Uh, also, uh, Catherine points out that there's a Sex and the City episode where they discuss it without freaking out about it and whatnot. And then drink wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chrissy Geiger thought that Spencer really did have an abortion, just didn't tell Toby, which I guess that could be like like headcanon for that if you wanted. Because Oh, my God. I don't think I we'd ever get a, a confirmation one way or the other, but if you wanted to assume that, I think you could definitely go that way. Oh, and I think someone mentioned that it happened in an episode of Scandal. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, I'll save this other one for the end. I'm talking about Mona. Uh, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's um, let's get into our opening here. It's a it's a misty, foggy night in Rosewood. Uh, we see we hear that sound of the train coming to town. We see Rosewood, and I see downtown Rosewood. This is almost basically literally the night sequence we saw in Six Eleven when presumably Charlotte was being murdered. We even mm-hmm. see a shot of the bell tower there at the church. Mysterious bell tower, and then we get a high angled shot of an alleyway where Emily has driven Mona to and parked her car and has gotten out and stood in front of the car to have a conversation here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ship it. Um, yeah, Mona's like, I called Charlotte the night she was killed. And he's like, Why? And Mona says, I asked her to meet me. And Emily says, At the church? No, at the two crows. I sat in that, I sat in that diner waiting for two hours. She never showed up. Look, if someone saw me on my phone, they saw me sitting there by myself with a cup of coffee and a slice of apple hot pie, like an episode of Twin Peaks. So two characters on PLL now have like pie alibis for this night. It's a lot of all night pie shops the, in Rosewood. The the alibi mm-hmm. excuse. Well, you know, we saw the two crows like a week or two ago. It did not look open. Like did no. not look like it had been open for like twenty no. years. No, not since Sam or Lot. So I don't know if Mona's just lying here or I don't know. <sighs> I wish that they could tie in uh, uh, Ezra and Mona's alibis into each other. Like, <laughs> Mona, like Mona saw Ezra like promoting Donald Trump to some trucker at a, <laughs> a diner or whatever. Why would she be doing that? No, not not she's doing it. He's okay. doing it. <laughs> uh, anyway, Emily says, was that your only time with the two crows? And Mona kind of just gives her this like... Like, really, you know, uh, and Emily says, last Friday night, someone tried to run me over in the parking lot there. And I was just like, I was working for Yvonne's mother then, making phone calls in a room with half a dozen volunteers. And he says, you wanted Charlotte released. That's why you had to change a heart in the hearing. You're afraid of Arya's story would convince a judge to keep her in the hospital where you couldn't get to her. And Mona says, I wasn't trying to get to her. I just wanted to talk to her away from everyone else. You understand that. And he says, Sure. After the special attention you got at the bottom of a certain hole. And Mona says, not just me, Emily. She kind of moves closer. She says, Charlotte De Laurentiis knew everything about every one of us. Every mistake, every lie, every crime. And she never implicated us in the five years she was locked up. She just sat in that hospital, ticking like a time bomb. And she kind of turns away. She's angry. And Emily says, and what would you have done if she'd shown up? And Mona says, find out what she was going to do with all her new freedom. And he's like, and if she said she was going to tell it everything, were you just going to sit there eating your apple pie? <laughs> I want to just shrug. She's like, maybe. And he says, or, or maybe you were thinking about doing something to stop her. And says, doesn't matter what I was thinking. The fact that she never showed up. So Emily's disgusted by this. And she's just like, I'll drive you back. So well, she's starts- disgusted, but it's like, the story's pretty solid. Like, I don't, I don't know what you what you want here, Emily. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Mona's point is solid. Maybe she wanted to shoot her in the face, but, you know, it didn't take. Mm-hmm. Um, 
starts walking back to the car. Mona stops her and she's just like, what if it had been you? What if you called her and she showed up? What would you have done? And Mona or Emily has to like really ponder this for a moment as they have like an intense stare off. And then behind them, like a, like a bucket or something gets knocked over and we hear like a hissing, whining cat. Like a cat. Yeah, like an alley cat. It's like, Rawr. and they both like stare back at it. And it's like, it's such a fascinating like out for this scene. Mm-hmm. Well, even Mona is jumpy here. So did Sarah Harvey actually see Mona there? Like if that was Sarah reporting to the cops? Yeah, I wonder. Or like she knows who Mona is. Did she just lie to the cops and say it was Arya to fuck with the liars? Well, I mean, we saw the description of the statement taken. Mm-hmm. It seems like Tanner just assumed it was Arya. I mean, like cute short brunette with a cheesy key change. Like, oh yeah, that's Arya. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like her to a T. A tiny little T. Yeah, so uh, we get the credits. Hannah is the shusher this week, which means it has to be Arya. This is kind of a Hannah episode, although I don't think she comes off too well in it. Uh, But she's she's running with it. She has the ball and she's running with it, so it makes it the Hannah episode. Uh, Next week will definitely be Arya, or it'll be Nolan North. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So after the credits, it's Spencer's Barn the next day. Uh, we've got Emily, Spencer, and Arya like, discussing all this new shit that's come to light. Uh, Arya's fashion, I have to give credit to Shauna on Twitter, who summed up Arya perfectly here. She's basically wearing like a disco tennis outfit. See, I would describe it as the sort of top that like girl Wolverine would wear. I'm, I'm thinking like if you put roller skates on her, this is like some kind of like 70s musical about tennis stars like give, this is like this give is her like, some adamantium claws i think it, it fits right in i feel like she's about to do like the broadway billy jean king story um which well she also has like a like a pink ladies type skirt on with a black waistband and like it's all sparkly and there's roses all over it it's totally weird so so somewhere between this like disco tennis barry gibbs soundtrack and like lady wolverine mm-hmm. <laughs> you have you have the beautiful package that is Arya. And so she says, Mona basically told you that she was ready to kill Charlotte? Well, like, that's what they got out of all that. Not yeah. that, like, yes, Mona has an alibi. She's the one who called Charlotte there. Charlotte well, never showed up. And I, I don't know if we're going to start the subtle trolling list now. They also didn't get that Mona, much like ourselves, guys, is suffering. <laughs> Five years has not healed these wounds. Um, and Emily's like, yeah, but she didn't because Charlotte never showed up. And Spencer's like, not guilty because the victim didn't show. That's setting the bar pretty low, M. <laughs> or like basically she's a murderer, whatever. Yeah, we don't like I, her. So. Spencer, you should you should be on Mona's side here. Like Mona's team Spalin. We all know this. Yeah, yeah. When she's not uh teasing us with the tantalizing details of Mona and Caleb. But Arya's like, innocent, guilty, whatever. She admits to being the brunette on the phone. Let's tell Tanner this so I can get off the suspect list. <laughs> and so Emma turns to Spencer, ignoring Arya, and it's like, Do you think she's lying? And Spencer's like, pick a topic. It should be mentioned, Emily's outfit here, she has the the classic red flannel shirt tied around the waist, and then just like a really like sheer white t-shirt. Like mm-hmm. she's she's rocking classic Emily look here. It's like a sexy hipster look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Emily's like, you know, about Charlotte not meeting her that night. And Spencer's like, that's probably true. It's too easy to check. And Arya again is like, you know, basically jumping up and down, waving her arms. Like, while you two are discussing this, let's remember that I was the one in the lineup. All right? It's really unflattering light there. <laughs> Ari's like excuse me i just want to point out that uh, some of us have real problems emily 
<laughs> that lighting in there was really unflattering. It was I horrible. Took, I took selfies. They were mm-hmm. atrocious. I only kept like 10 of them. Uh, Spencer's like, so wait. Or so what? Do we wait? And then he's like, for what? Whoever this is wants us to hand over Charlotte's killer before election night exposition. And they're getting impatient. And Ari's like, yeah? Well, does anyone want to put some ointment on that impatience? She holds up her wrist again. Some of us have real problems, Emily. Hello, Emily, the sufferer right here. Emily's size almost as big as her eyes grow <laughs> in dealing with Arya. And Spencer's like, look, a free-range Mona is more likely to lead us someplace, especially if she thinks that we believe her. And Emily's like, so we believe her? And Spencer's like, we believe her enough. It's not like they couldn't just check up on her alibi, right? <laughs> they said... It's too easy to check, so let's not even do that. Let's let's not check, but also not really believe her. The thing about the liars is there's two words that don't tend to come into play, which is due diligence. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they kind of like look, look around each other, like mentally chewing this over. We cut to Lucas's loft, the smart loft. Yeah, where he's holding the tablet that runs the smart loft. He's hitting something that says that will run the diagnostic, and because like, uh, the universal remotes have diagnostics you can run on them. You know, somebody was giving, I felt like me especially shit, uh, somewhere on the on the, the internets about, like, every time I look at an Ezra scene, I see him just manipulating Arya, which is <laughs> true. Um, but, like, the only person who does it more blatantly cartoonishly is Lucas. Like, his face, like, lies less than Arya's face. Um, so he's sitting on the couch. Well, Ezra, it's almost like, it's like a part of him. That's just how he is. Mm-hmm. with Arya, like that their relationship's weird like that i'm i'm just i'm utterly amazed that and it's not in the script so that's why it doesn't mm-hmm. happen but hannah's not more offended yeah by the bullshit that passes over lucas's face yeah we'll, we'll talk about that scene when, when she says that. something and he like flat out sneers <laughs> but so lucas is chilling on his couch like listening in as hannah like talks to jordan the obviously phone listening in the background. In, yeah. yeah and hannah's like i just think it's a good idea to stay in a resort a little while longer well i'll meet them when i get back well, then I'll meet them the next time they're in New York. Look, Tanner wants us to stay. Well, your lawyers are there, and I'm here, so I have to go with my gut. Well, if I was in New York, all I'd be thinking about is Ari and the others. <sighs> because they're my friends, Jordan. And, like, Lucas kind of smiles at that like a creep. Yeah. Yeah, like, that That pleases him. Um, Briefly, just want to mention outfit here. Hannah has on some sort of crop top with like yellow and black and white triangles are these like her colors this season i feel like we've seen her in yellow black and white a lot especially last week Mm -hmm. i had to like go back and check that this was not last week's yeah (laughs) also wearing a uh a silver link bracelet apple watch because apple watch is going to be all over this episode yeah which i gotta say i I don't think that's hannah's style at all she'd have like a modern buckle Hmm. she wouldn't have like the weird gold one like a certain writer I don't, oh you know i couldn't i forgot to look to see if he actually had the gold one or, or if that was a, a normal watch but no and it have like one of the little like modern buckle ones or something like that just imagine the scene where Arya's like oh, speaking of Ezra, what did you do with the advance for the <laughs> new book and he just like holds up his watch on my seventeen thousand dollar apple watch what do you think Arya? <laughs> so we really need this book to work <laughs> <laughs> i'm so, bad with money <laughs> <laughs> and women uh so hannah like, continued she's like yes you know i do all right i'll call you later i love you 
And so Hannah hangs up, you know, on her phone. She comes over and sits close to Lucas, and he's like, so, do I get an invitation to the wedding? And she's like, of course you do. And he's well, like, like, yeah, of course. Like, what? <laughs> Lucas is like, I was half expecting to meet Jordan when I got here. And she's like, yeah, well, he's a little phobic of small towns. He thinks they only exist to escape from. And Lucas is like, mm-hmm, I used to think that. And she's like, what changed your mind? And he's like, that I'm so rich that I brag about it constantly. <laughs> he scoffs and he says, big cities. That's what changed my mind. And Hannah Nas, like, that's clever, but not clever enough. Um, she picks up a box and he, she's like, oh, um, I picked up a few ties that could go with the shirts I saw in your closet. And he's like, you do not have to do that. And she's like, well, it's just a little thank you for letting me stay here. Oh, and I put post notes on what goes with what. So he opens up the box. There's three ties. And sure enough, there's post notes telling you which shirt they should go with, like white button up. Are these fashionable ties? Just asking. Curious for a friend. <sighs> Good question. Um, they, they don't look fashionable to me. I guess that's all I'm saying. I guess we'd have to see the shirts. I don't know. I, I guess the blue one in the middle is okay. Did she just steal these? <laughs> did she, did she, yeah, she stole these too. She went back to her old job. She's like loaded her trunk up with like <laughs> random clothes. So uh Lucas is like terrific. Granimals for grown ups. God, I hate Lucas. Yeah, she she chuckles and he like starts like showing her some bullshit on the, the tablet and he's like, Okay, <laughs> bullshit tech talk. So I checked out the system and upgraded the firmware. I took the fireplace offline so I could replace the controller. Look, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened, but it will not happen again. And I, I was thinking to myself as I wrote that down, I hope Arya sues the shit out of him. <laughs> I hope emotional distress i hope she's running that she's like company. i need a hundred million dollars for an emotional distress i'm sorry did i say 100 million make that a hundred billion dollars <laughs> did i mention the unflattering lighting <laughs> um so she's like lucas you didn't have to come back for that and he's like well, i would have but i had to be here anyway i'm checking out some property and she's like a house and he's like no those empty factories and mills past the lake. Not at all shady. Yeah. My accounts are telling me to spend money, and I figure I could do something with one of those these old dinosaurs, and the accounts are happy, and the town gets a little bit of tax revenue. I think you might need some new accountants, Lucas. You got the worst fucking lawyers. Your accountants are like, yeah, just go spend money. <laughs> it's a tax write-off, yeah. somehow. Um, and she's like, ah, oh, local boy makes good. And he's like, yeah, a little of that. Maybe I'm giving this town a second chance because I'm magnanimous as fuck. Mm -hmm. uh, he is just like laying on this like smarmy, gross innuendo. And Hannah, what gets me is that she's so she's so totally genuine, like taking his words at face value. Well, I think because she's thinking about something else because she says, I know what you mean. When we finally got out of here, it was so fast. We didn't realize, really realize uh, what we left behind. I think she's thinking about Caleb. I, hey, I, well, I'm guessing from this episode when she says that, like what she left behind. More likely, Caleb, to, like, subtext, maybe, like, the bond with her friends. He smiles. Like, he actually thinks that she's talking about him. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I should say the uh, the relationship she had with Caleb. I mean, Caleb came with her, but, like, things were different, you know. Right, right. Uh, obviously, we know he went with her. The relationship they had and who yeah. she was then. Yeah. So, Lucas says, so I will bring the new controller tonight. Anything that Arya needs, just give me a call, okay? And she's like, okay. I really want Arya to take him off on that. Yeah, like I really want Hannah to know that Lucas is just trying to like get into her pants right now and be like, how far can I push things before he he like backs off? <laughs> like how how much can me and Arya demand out of this situation before Lucas is like, ah, I can't actually do that, you know? Yeah, so Arya has uh, settled on a number that she thinks will be worthy of the compensation she deserves. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, what? And Hannah's like, half. <laughs> Um, 
So at first, can I, I can I just say again how annoyed I am that this guy is the rich one. It would like it would make so much more sense for Caleb to have gone off and like been like a tech startup guy. No, he's, it he's made, the skilled one. It would have made so much more sense for Mona to be, Mona, to yeah. be the rich one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get like a new Mona creates shop. like like face snap or something, you know, <laughs> face block. Mm-hmm. So we got a new stock shot where somewhere in like a Pennsylvania suburb countryside, everything is like autumn as fuck. Um, yeah. See like a different suburban street with leaves falling. It's so a get- Charing Cross is the, the name of the street there. Yeah. Charing Cross is where they beheaded the regicides after the restoration in England. I don't know if that means anything. I thought it was interesting. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a shot of like a, a nice two-story house is like up on a hill like a long little bed and breakfast yeah yeah, little long ascending steps to them it's it's almost an ominous shot though Mm -hmm. there's a little (laughs) bit of psycho in that i mean just a touch yeah yeah just just a touch yeah the angle's not the same but yeah and then Uh, we're gonna go inside to the uh, worst honeymoon ever (laughs) uh they're exiting the room number four it's all downhill from here bed and breakfast um like didn't they just go to a farm like a week ago? Like, how does Allie still have a job? That's what I want to know. Uh, yeah. How does Rosewood not just like you're fired? Well, remember. Like, you were, you're actually a student teacher. You don't have tenure yet. We need someone who can show up. Wasn't there like something in the one line uh, a few episodes ago where she's just like, they want me back teaching again? Like, uh, you know, probably. Yeah. I've, I've used up all of my <laughs> leave. Yeah. I've only been working for like three weeks. <laughs> I just quit the job I had for well, it's still September. Yeah. Anyway, she says it's very late. We almost missed the breakfast part of bed and breakfast and closed the door, locks behind him. He's looking creepy as ever, Rollins is, and she kinda stops on a stairway landing and looks back at him. She says, People will wonder what we were doing up there. And he's like, People will know exactly what we were doing up there. She she is like goofy but smooth and casual compared to him. Like she just looks like she's like so smitten it, it hurts. She kind of seems like she's still in high school. You know? Yeah. Well, like the high school she never got to experience. Yeah. Um, well, P.S. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Rollins is like the dorkiest Muppet with bad intentions. <laughs> I feel like when you say that, you're like casting aspersions on Kermit there. <laughs> I don't know. My favorite Muppet was always Pepe. Anyway. Seriously? Yeah. That makes sense. Do you even know who Pepe is? Yeah. Pepe the Prawn? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just saying. Kermit's a good guy. Rollins not a good guy. That's I no disagreement. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I feel like Miss Piggy would show up and like be like, Allison, the fuck are you doing? She'd throw him down some stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah so if it's a PLO, but it's like the Muppet episode, like <laughs> Angel. <laughs> Imagine the that Aria amazing. Muppets. That would be amazing. <laughs> I think she'd have to be Miss Piggy, right, for Victunia? I think you do a thing where it's like you don't tell one of the four liars what you're doing that day. <laughs> they just show up on set. <laughs> anyway, he comes over to kiss Allie. It's just, uh, he says, what do you want to do today? And she says, I was thinking we could find a lake or a river and sit on the bank and read or not read. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nope. Uh, Ron says, I'll dig up a French impressionist, pay him 50 bucks for a quick portrait. She's like, perfect. She kisses him again. She turns around and then just slips going down the staircase, totally biffs, and just goes rolling down the stairs. 
It's great. There's like a nice POV shot, like the camera like spiraling down the stairs. Love it. I I feel like this is like the start of like the hush hush sweet Charlotte stuff. The French impressionist line. I would like to know from people: is this is this cute? Like is is this an example of game? I don't know. It just uh, seems like such a dorky do you need game line. once you're married. I don't know, but yeah, uh, you know you got to keep the romance alive. Yeah. It, you can't just say dumb shit. <laughs> And get people to buy it. I, I think know. Allie would like be okay with that though. She seems like really into the whole domestic thing now. Yeah. She's uh. just like, how long before you turn into Kevin James? Uh, so <laughs> you can see the angle on her her shoes heel. She's in stilettos. It's probably not helping things. Mm. Nothing apparently wrong with the carpet here. I think on the Bustle podcast they're saying there was like a rip. I don't see a rip in the carpet. It looks normal to me. Um, because you don't see. You're looking at her uh, her shoes here when she slips. You can't see Rollins' hands. So you you can't really say one way or the other whether or not he pushed her. I mean, she doesn't remember him pushing her. Right. But I don't know. Inconclusive. Uh, I still suspect this dude. He also, I, like, really hilariously, like, holds up his hands. Like, oh, no. <laughs> at the top of the stairs. They should have ADR, like, a squeal from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, my my gut feeling, like when I first watched this episode on Tuesday, to like my my theory now has changed, mm-hmm. just just from watching somebody had a gif of her foot dragging as she's going down. Is it that she did it on purpose? Uh, I wonder. Because I I like that one. I saw that online that she's she's actually like been setting this whole thing out the whole time, and she slipped on purpose. Uh, yeah, yeah. If I mean, only. I, yeah, I I like that a lot more. I mean, that's the thing about. Like film noir, the the best part about it is a lot of times it's like, oh no, the dame is actually like dubious and she's the killer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like finally an empowered woman. <laughs> I would love an Allison that's running a scam on this asshole. Really, um, I I my ultimate feeling on this guy is I, I think this is going to be a Nate Saint Germain situation where he doesn't have anything to do with the a plot necessarily. He's just a, another skeezy person in the PLO world. And we, we might wrap up his story, but it won't be related to A. That's just my, my guess on that. Yeah. Hopefully we wrap it up soon. Anyway, yeah, she goes tumbling downstairs, bonk. And then after commercial, we're in the hospital. Allie's in bed, but she's awake. She's sitting up. She's kind of playing with the pulse monitor on her finger. Rollins is there. He's looking at her chart. Uh, and he she kind of leans back, a little annoyed. She's like, why do I have to stay here? And Rollins is like, because you had a concussion. Uh, he's like, I'm fine. He says, you will be in a little while. And then he turns back to her and he does a move where he like pulls down both her eyelids. Like, I guess he's checking her pupils, mm-hmm. um, which have we determined whether or not this guy is a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Yeah, I don't know. Because has, has he written prescriptions? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's unclear. I don't get a medical doctor vibe from this guy. It feels like a psychologist to me. But well, then again, there's always Ren. Is there well Rand was a doctor though. He's a medical doctor. He's a medical doctor yeah. who was interning at Radley. Yeah. Uh, Not yeah. doing medical stuff. Allie says, Why do I have to stay in a hospital? You can take care of me. You're a doctor, which is unclear. Uh Ron says, which is why I think it'd be it's a good idea for you to stay put. Which uh this marriage is already really lame. And Allie says, this is not how, where I wanted to spend my honeymoon. He kind of laughs and he says, I'm glad to hear you say that. Like, I don't know. I, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, what does that mean? Like, I'm glad you wanted to be on your honeymoon with me. Yeah. I need a lot of reassurance. 
his phone rings and he kind of very pointedly turns away to check it like kind of like behind him you know his what? body so she like, can't see it i don't know I, I kind of felt like with the blocking she could see it though a little bit maybe a little yeah i just thought like it's a weird way he holds his phone like it's up presented i don't know <laughs> Uh, yeah, he says, oh, it's the manager at the end expressing her concern. And Allie says, well, I fell down her staircase. No wonder she's concerned. Rollin says, they're checking the carpet and the banister. And Allie says, look, I don't want to sue anybody. I just want to go on a picnic. This this line, I just want to point out, was uttered by the girl, buried alive, <laughs> faked her own death, went on the run for two years, may or may not have flown an airplane while wearing a mask of her own face, and now she just wants to go on a teddy bear's picnic. I just want to go on a picnic. This is where Arya needs to show up and be like, I'll sue somebody. <laughs> I got another lawsuit going already. I'm going to get so much fucking cash for my lawsuit. I can, yeah. I can the, sweat a little over to you. The thing you need to understand about Five Four Fears Forward Arya is she's really litigious. <laughs> so Rollins says, uh, which we will do as soon as you're all checked out. Now he just kind of rolls her eyes and then she kind of stares off, starts to look sad. And he says, what is it? She kind of looks down. Her eyes are watering. And she says, I was really, really happy the moment before I tripped. And I wonder if that's why I fell. Maybe every good thing has to be paid by, paid for by a bad thing. And Rollins is like, that's not how the universe works. But that is how Allie's mind works, apparently. Oh. Uh, and he sits next to her. He caresses her face. There is a lot of caressing of faces in this episode, especially where Allie's concerned. Yeah. And Allie says, sometimes I feel like I'm being punished for surviving, still being alive. So, so the existential gospel of Allison De Laurentiis, much like... Wiley Coyote. Mm -hmm. Is she lamenting the cruel torment she suffers at the hand of her authors? Yes. But yeah, then he continues to caress her fucking face. Um, I know he caresses her a lot because I did notes for the whole episode. And I typed the word caress a lot. A, a disturbing amount of time. Mm -hmm. You're like, am I sexting my notes? <laughs> says, um, or maybe you just snagged your shoe on the carpet. And the planets did not align to give you a bump on the head. It was an accident. That's all. She smiles, kisses her. It's a long, slow kiss. There's no spark. And then Allie's just like, babe, where's my phone? Which I got to think, I don't know, somebody at the hospital or the liars or something. Why is nobody like fell down some stairs on her honeymoon? Huh? Yeah. That's weird. What's up with this Rollins guy? <laughs> yeah. Always suspect the honeymoon. Oh, you fell especially, down some stairs. Especially when the guy's creepy. Mm-hmm. But then I wonder, like, the thing that that makes you wonder about this plot <clears throat> is that I kept waiting for the throwaway line about how one of them is, like, secretly worth a fortune. Yeah, you, you wanted there to maybe, like, I don't know, earlier in the season, mention something, like, when she mentions Jason at the Carrie Simi group, be like, well, I can't complain, he tripled our, you know, family fortune, or something like that, just so, like, you knew that there was, like, stakes <laughs> or at least, even if they weren't going there, like, potential stakes, so you could get more invested in this. Just imagine Rollins pours himself a glass of scotch just mm -hmm. to stick it to us. And he turns at the camera and he's like, in 6B, the show became even more about white privilege. <laughs> well, something something to let us know, like, d does he have money? Does she have yeah. a ton of money? Like, even if, they're, even if it's a, a misdirect, at least we have something to invest in there. All and, like, of wonder, like, maybe this guy's evil. Well, all we've gotten is that Jason's working at the Karasimi group, which I still find hard to believe, mm -hmm. or in that Rollins has a family farm, which doesn't mean that they're rich. It just might mean that his parents are like cousins. There you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, anyway, uh, 
Yeah, we're going to cut to Spencer holding up her phone to show the selfie that Allie just took. It's uh, just her in bed, in the hospital bed. Well, because, like, my first thought was, where's my phone? It's like, oh, shit, this guy's hiding her phone from her. Yeah, He's yeah. isolating her. And then Allison takes the weirdest, most, like, solemn selfie. Spencer's holding up her phone just saying, guys, this is a sad, sad cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, says, she says it was an accident. And there is, uh, they're all four at the brew now. Meet up at the brew. And Emily says, do we believe that? Emily also has an Apple Watch on in this scene. Well, Emily, we need to have Emily as a guest, especially during our, like, shit-talking about Rollins segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily has the Milanese loop. that I, I could see that for Emily. Hmm. And uh, I, we should mention Ari's the only one without an Apple Watch in this episode because she has a big bandage on. Should you be authoring, like, a BuzzFeed quiz on, like... <laughs> What yes. Your, what, what Apple watches means you're which liar. I, I think I could probably churn out some content or write a clickbait article. You won't believe <laughs> what each character's Apple watch says about their personality. I think the headline is just, you won't believe dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And a picture of Aria. <laughs> and it says, uh, yeah, do we believe that? And Hannah says, as much as I believe Aria being seared was an accident. And Ari is like, what do you think, Spence? Spencer says, two out of five in the ER. That's 40%. That math checks out, by the way. Uh, Spencer says, it's 60 if you count what happened to Emily's eggs. Her eggs. And Hannah says, well, the odds aren't going to get any better the closer we get to election night. And Emily's like, three days. Spencer just shakes her head. And Hannah says, hey, so Allie's hospital is an hour away. I think I can go check up on her. And Ari says, she says she'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Allie's, Ari's just like, why bother? No, don't go waste time on boring Allie. P.S. She never apologized. For thinking I was a murderer, even though I booked it out of town as quickly <laughs> as possible. Um, so, Arya and Emily are sitting on the couch together. Spencer's in a chair near them. Hannah's in a chair, like, facing the three of them. a different couch in the nook? It looks like it is. Like It looks leather. like it is. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is that not only is Hannah kind of facing off of the three of them, she's really pointed directly at Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so uh, Emily then says, you know, well, maybe we should think about going, or she should think about going in the opposite direction. So she's like, yeah, check on her, but don't freak her out. And it might be best if she stays away till after the election. Hannah nods. And Ari's like, we get some Hannah we, face there from Hannah. Yeah. What do we do about Mona? So she's like, keep a close eye on her. And Hannah's like, you guys, Mona didn't, did not kill Charlotte. She couldn't. And Ari's like, she's got as much motive as anybody, probably more. And also an alibi. Yeah. Ellie says she admits to getting Charlotte out of her house. I mean, she's telling the truth, just not all of it. Classic Mona. Why don't you just go check her alibi? Yeah. Too easy. Yeah. Spencer says Mona's changed so many times. I doubt even she she even knows herself when she looks in the mirror. And Hannah says, okay, who around here hasn't tried to reinvent themselves a couple of times? And they all say nothing. Cricket. Ouch. Yeah. Ellie totally looks over at Spencer here. Like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> well i'm imaginary anyway yeah what, what do you think spencer i kind of feel like the the hannah mona ship is back in port now she's sticking up for mona i like that yeah it's so like the only good thing mona or hannah does in this episode so as a kind of maybe indirect response to the lack of support from her friends mm-hmm. there hannah gets her stuff gets up and she's just like i'll call you after i go see Allie." and they all nod and hannah leaves is this where she decides to turn on spencer i wonder I really she's just do. like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like she's going to try to take down the Spencer supremacy. 
Uh, so at Ezra's place, Ezra's on the phone, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, I will talk to Ari about it. Um, I will, but I will certainly be there. Seven? Yeah, absolutely. All right, bye bye." In the back, we see that Ezra's like left the door ajar. Arya comes in for the tail end of that conversation. She shuts the door behind herself. Why did he leave the door ajar? Maybe he went over there and opened it because she like buzzed in or I don't know. But I mean, do you have to be buzzed in? She barges in there before. Who knows? Yeah. Um, He's like, nothing bad ever happens in this town. Well, this this scene's all about like the depth of this set here. Like, there's a lot of uh, like like z-axis movement here. She's coming in the back, peeking through the door. Yeah. So she's like. Hey, check with Arya about what? And he's like, your boss wants to buy us dinner. And Arya's like, Jillian? Well, well, where? When? And he says, tonight at the rally. She was on her way to Toronto. She's like, through Pennsylvania? Yeah, I think she wants to see what she's buying. And Arya's like, already? And I just say, oh, no, no, not the book. The authors. Well, that doesn't put Arya at ease at all. And he's like, don't worry about it. He goes over to his desk to get some papers. And she's just standing there anxious. And she says, well, this is new territory for me. And he says, hey, you're doing great. Like a patronizing ass. Uh, and he says, um, I may have dropped the ball. And he's kind of gesturing to the pages. She's like, what do you mean? He says, I didn't get this right. And he brings the pages over to her. And she's like looking at them. She says, oh, this is the part where they say goodbye. Where he drives off and looks back at her. I thought you liked this. And she says, yeah, I, I liked it when I wrote it. But not so much when I read it. He says when we wrote it. Oh, when we wrote it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And Ari says, is, is it the part that I wrote? <laughs> Yeah. And he says, no, no, it's, um, uh, I, I set this up wrong. And I was like, all right, well, I, I might be a little prejudiced, but I think it's lovely. And as just says, yeah, it is. And there's kind of an awkward beat. Uh, this whole scene makes no sense till we get the flashback later. Like it makes sense now having watched the episode once, but I think that the, the key is that you're with Arya at sea. You're at sea, basically. Like, what? I don't, I don't know. What is yeah. the deal? Yeah. So she, she. I mean, because he's not giving her anything. So she hands the papers back to him, and she's like, "Okay, so why don't you go work on this? I've got a lot to keep me busy. Um, just at least figure out what's bothering you about it." And he's like, "Okay, I'm going to try something. Um, I'm going to do it in the other room." And she walks off, and she watches him go. And Anaria like looks back to the way she was facing before. Her eyes happen to fall on that picture of Nicole in the jungle with her backpack on. Yeah, it's the uh, the girl who replaced Arya, mm. who now Arya is replacing. Mm. How fast are they writing this book? I have a lot of questions about the writing process here. Uh, like, are they going to bang this whole thing out in like two weeks or something? It doesn't seem like there's been any forward momentum. As far as I know, when it comes to like literature, that's a little fast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, they're, they're like going to have this done in a month or something? That seems a little quick. Well, it's, uh, it's not an April... Like an airport paperback. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, he when he says, like, we wrote this. What does he mean by we exactly? Like, are they sitting down at the computer together? Well, also, if I remember correctly, just two days prior, they were officially starting to work together by comparing notes on the individual parts they've already written. Mm -hmm. We don't even know, like, remember, like, the six chapters he wrote? Yeah, how did they, how did they make that work? Oh, I, these are the questions I have. What 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 is the follow up to Ostinato really about? Um, so I think we're gonna find out later. It's just like masturbatory, like fantasy, basically. Yeah, grief monologues. Mm -hmm. um, Allison's hospital room. She's like looking at the. Or Hannah's there, like looking at the abundance of flowers in Allison's room, and she kind of turns to Allison, who's like still laying in bed, and Hannah's like, "So did you feel dizzy or anything?" 
And Allison's like, no, I felt fine. All of a sudden, my feet were there, but the stairs weren't. And Allison, or Hannah's like, I'm so sorry, Allie. And Allison's like, I was just a stupid accident. Do you like my honeymoon lingerie? And she kind of gestures to her hospital gown, like, LOL. And Hannah's like, oh, you look great. Hey, what are the doctors saying? And, you know, Hannah says, uh, they want me to stay. Or Allison says, they want me to stay because of my concussion, but they'll spring me tomorrow. And Hannah's like, oh, back to the bridal suite. And Allison says, back to Rosewood. Ellie got a call for a conference in Chicago. They want him on the panel. Wait, so he's canceling his honeymoon to go to a business conference? Well, after, after, I'm glad that you want to be here on this honeymoon with me, Allison. Mm. I'm ditching it for Chicago. <laughs> You're lame and stuck in bed. I'm out of here. Go make a couple grand. Go push a few other people down some stairs. Ar- give me a hundred bucks per diem. Which is funny because I wasn't like joking like five episodes ago about Aria. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. So Hannah's like, you're going to be in Rosewood by yourself? And I was like, I don't mind. For the first time, that house really feels like mine. So Hannah like maybe has to like look around the room to stop from gagging. <laughs> Jason shows up. He's like, actually, it's still mine. Yeah. I checked the paperwork five <laughs> years later. I still own this shit. Uh, Hannah's like, God, all these flowers. Did you fall down some stairs or under the rose parade? And Allison chuckles and she's like, Elliot sent them. And of course, I was like, for a second, I was like, wait, who's Elliot? <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Just and say Hannah, Rollins. Yeah. And Hannah's like, all of them? And Allison says, he's working on his husband creds. Yeah. So then, speak of the devil. I feel like Allie has no concept of like a, what a marriage is. Well, like, like the idea of like till death do us part or anything like that. Does that even register on her brain? I think she thinks it involves murder. Uh, that's yeah. how most marriages end. I mean, look at look at the examples that she's seen. Her parents, woof. And then the, the closest, nearest married couple, Peter and Veronica. Hey, this guy is no Peter Hastings. How dare you? But I mean, I'm just saying, for what her concept of a marriage is, mm. the neighbor's, you know, dad is actually her brother's dad. <laughs> yeah, so Rollins comes back in at this point, carrying more bouquets of flowers. And uh, Hannah looks up. She's like, oh, hi, newlywed. And he says, Hannah, thank you so much for coming. And the way he says it is basically like, you shouldn't have. Uh, and Allie says, we stick together. You should know that by now. And he puts the flowers down. He comes to check on Allie. And this is kind of Hannah's cue to like get away mm-hmm. and go look at the flowers. And one of them has a blue card tucked into them, we see. Mm-hmm. And uh, Allie says, these flowers are getting a little much. And Ron says, well, that's the goal. And Hannah kind of frowns because one of the that blue card it has like kind of white cutout of a stairway on it. Mm-hmm. And we hear Allie say in the background, "We're not going to be able to take these all home." And Ron says, "Well, we can distribute." And Hannah looks at this card, and inside we see there's just very simple line art drawings of uh, the four liars and Allie. Allie's at the top, and Allie, Arya, and Emily all have like red X's and marker on their faces. This is like. You know, again, the ontological terrorism morphs and grows into like an arts and crafts angle. This is like clip art emoji heads. Am I going to have to add ontological terrorism to the bingo card? Please do. Um, yeah. The Lucy Hale one looks just like Lucy Hale. It might as well be a photograph. The Spencer one is quite frankly insulting the Spencer. Her eyes are a little too big there, I feel like. Well, the hair is garbage. It should be pointed out. Speaking of hair, her hair is on point in this episode. Yeah. Well, her, her everything is on point, <laughs> including her glass of wine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, uh, obviously a threatening uh, card here. So can I postulate a theory here? Mm-hmm. Is it possible that A is not actually responsible for any of this and is just taking credit at uh, opportunities that present themselves? Classic A. Because it really didn't seem like A had anything to do with Allie slipping down those stairs unless A is Rollins. Yeah, yeah. 
But well, he's unless- just like, yeah, I'll take credit for that. These these girls are so paranoid, they'll believe me. Well, unless A's done something where it's like they've... Oh, what was the fucking thing from Ocean's 12? Where it's like we use pressure to like lift the house oh, angle God. on one side 45 degrees and well, like, he took her down. Emily's eggs are in the fireplace. Those could theoretically all be just accidents, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Emily, or Hannah, she hides this in her purse very quickly. She doesn't want Allie to see it. Mm-hmm. Can't, uh, you know, upset the patient here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to fade over to Spencer. She's in the barn. She's at her desk. Her computer starts beeping. She's getting a video chat request from Emily. So she accepts when we get video of Emily on the screen. Uh, she's out on Main Street Rosewood. And Spencer says, hey. And Emily says, hey, I want you to see something. She kind of hits a button and the screen flips around to show kind of the other angle from her phone and the other camera. And we see, oh, it's Mona. She's sitting on a park bench talking to a comfort bro. Sarah Harvey's comfort bro. Sarah Harvey's comfort bro. He looks not at all invested in this conversation at all. Like, like Mona's like leaning in. She's got the body language going. She's smiling. And he's like staring straight ahead. Like, why are you here? Basically. Well, up until like a thing later on the episode, I was positive like that this is a trick. Mm-hmm. And like Mona's actually talking to the person on the bench behind him, because <laughs> I mean he like you would think that they're in the sixth sense and that she's Bruce Willis. Yeah, really. Scene. I mean he's completely ignoring her. Uh, but yeah, in case you're c- confused, like Sarah Harvey's drivers who we're talking about, and uh, Emily's just like, is that who I think it is? And we get this like flashback zoom in effect from the church in six eleven of Charlotte's funeral. Sarah Harvey enters the church with this dude escorting her. Like yellow like, tinted for some reason. Yeah, Spencer's like studying that screen and she's just like Sarah Harvey's helping hands. Which that would make a better hashtag than some of the other hashtags that I've heard. Yeah, Emily says, What's Mona doing to them? And Spencer says, Good question. She kind of purses her lips. She's on the hunt now. So after commercial, team Spemley have arrived. Uh they're here to stake out the comfort bro. They're at City Hall. I like the way Spencer enters the frame from the right side and then Emily on the left side. It's kind of a cool thing mm-hmm. where they come together there looking at City Hall. And they're like, let's fuck some shit up. Mm-hmm. Emily says, Mona lets him sit in on the bench. A couple of minutes later, he got up and went inside. Spencer says, he didn't hear anything that she said to him. And Emily says, no, I was too far away. What is Mona doing to Sarah's driver? Spencer says, well, I doubt she's asking him for a ride to the airport. <laughs> Emily says it was it was a meeting of minions, and Spencer's like, yeah, it could be. I don't think Mona would appreciate being called a minion. No, no. She's like, how dare you? How dare you put me on the level of that stupid driver? I, did Mona not tell Emily, call me what you want, but don't call me an amateur? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't call to come back. Yeah, uh, so, so then we see this dude. He comes out at the city hall down the steps. He's got a big cardboard tube in his hands, like the kind you'd put blueprints in. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, did he go in there with that tube? And Emily's like, no, he didn't. So they follow. They're just going to fuck up this guy's afternoon. Mm -hmm. So back to the hospital. (laughs) Hannah and Rollins are outside Allie's room. We kind of briefly see Allie like smiling and waving at them as he just shuts the door on her. (laughs) 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 He's like, yeah, whatever. Take a nap. (laughs) Yeah. He's talking to Hannah now. He says, I really want to thank you for coming. We weren't expecting it. I really want to thank you for coming. Yeah. Mm. You're just doing Moriarty there. Uh, (laughs) Hannah says, well, no one likes to be in a hospital, especially away from home. Um, Is this this place is okay, isn't it? And Rollins is like, you mean the hospital? Yeah, I checked out the staff. What does that mean? (laughs) Like, how? Like, do you know these people? Did Did you you go do background checks on them? Did you make some calls? Yeah. Says Allie's getting the best. I'm probably overreacting a bit, but 
I figured that's part of my job now. Hannah's like, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back, newlywed. Yeah. She says, inner concussion. They're going to check on her, right? Uh, they're not going to leave her alone. He says, they check on her, and I'm with her most of the time. Hannah's like, good. He says, I was, I'm just starting to understand how loyal you are to Allison. The way you look out for each other. It's remarkable. Basically, like, I'm just starting to understand how inconvenient your presence is. <laughs> and it says, yeah, well, we're all connected like a big bull of linguini. And he gives this really, like, half-hearted smile there. Like, th- there's obviously just a complication for him. <laughs> Food reference, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Says, okay. Um, if she needs anything, call me. And he's like, I will. And she walks off. I, it would be great if, like, after she walked off, he was just like, not. <laughs> That would now be what, a great villain reveal. What 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 the shot would have been if Hannah would have been like like here's my number you know in case she needs anything or whatever and then she walks off and then he like crumples it up and like throws it away or eats it or something you know like my knot. <laughs> I like the knot only if like you could have like an orderly pass him who like looks over like who are you talking to? Very very much like Batman in those uh, Superman trailers. Yeah, you will. Motherfucker. Yeah, I'll take your ass. Uh, so we uh, go back to Main Street Rosewood. Comfort Bros walking with his tube. Spencer and Emily are following like 12 feet behind him. Uh, the game is afoot. Well, what I like is the disparity in their styles of dress. Yeah, it Emily's almost, in they like a t-shirt and skirt and like short skirt. And uh, Spencer's in like a kind of like a gray, I don't know, half sleeve top and like a pinstripe long skirt. Yeah. Or it's like those like skirt pants or what happened. Maybe they're pants. Yeah, I don't know. What are those? They're very flowing. They're like pantalones, maybe. Uh, Emily says, let me go get my car. And Spencer says, no, just wait a minute. They hang back. This guy goes, he like feeds a meter for his car and then he goes into a hardware store. Well, they they pretend to look at flowers over <laughs> where they are. They watch the dude enter the shop and Emily's like, now what? So she's like, look, we can follow him around all day, but it's not going to tell us what's inside that tube. And Emily's like, wait here. I'll be right back. And Emily walks off and Spencer keeps watching where the, the dude went. I and like then, how she, she puts both of her hands on her hips. Just like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? Well, and then we cut to one of my favorite scenes of all time with these girls, super detectives. The comfort bro comes out of the hardware store later. Some shit. What do There's you think Spencer. he has? He comes what out with he? two bags. Like, what, what did you buy at the hardware store? I'm going to presume like like drills or digging equipment or yeah, chisels. Uh, so there's Spencer and Emily. Emily has rear-ended this dude's car a tad. Spencer puts on this immediate great act like, oh my god, is this your car? We are so sorry. This is entirely my fault. Well, they're doing this like, like we're dumb sorority girls act on this yeah. guy or something. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny to see him play well, like, this way. I feel like I want that scene where they look at each other and they're like, how do you want to play it? And like Spencer winks and is like, let's do ham and cheese. <laughs> and Emily's just like, you got it. <laughs> or let's do fire and ice. Um, well, and it should be mentioned that we we see the car. It's like bar- it's barely touching the the you know her bumper to his back bumper. It's not like she did any damage. It's just enough to oversell it with their their attitude. And he's like, <laughs> "It's totally her fault. I was trying to park, and she was talking to me. We just crashed." 
And then Spencer's like, you were asking me a question and I was. And the comfort bro's face is just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> he's like trying to dismiss and he's like, it's nothing. Don't worry. And Spencer's like, no, no, seriously. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm taking full responsibility. I feel terrible. She feels terrible. And Spencer's like, yeah, awful. And he's like, just don't say it's okay if it's not. And he like looks at him like he recognizes him and can't believe they're pulling this shit. And it's like, it's okay. And she's like, no, it's really not. So she's like, please, will you just take a good look? I'm willing to pay for it. I just want you to take a good look and make sure there's no real damage done. Well, and then like, they, they do a move here. Yes. Spencer just reaches out and like takes the bags from him. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I just really want you to take a good look at it. She's going to take his bags from him. Emily just pulls the tube away and this guy's kind of you know they're talking so fast he can't keep up and emily does this awesome move where she holds the tube behind her mm-hmm. and spencer just takes it and walks back behind this guy while emily's like getting oh, yeah. flirt on she walks over to like near the front of the car kneels down to open the tube and examine its contents and i love that spencer like she's smart enough to know i can't pull this whole fucking thing out and like, examine it yeah i only need to pull it out enough to like look at the bottom to see what these documents are because they obviously came from the city well in the background there hannah she's putting a hand on the dude's shoulder I and mean, she's selling it you know she's she's using her charms right now to keep this guy interested yeah her feminine wiles uh and then he's like yeah i mean like this is like my first accident ever since i've been driving for like a year and a half and I just, I really want to make sure that you take a good look and tell me that there's no real damage like touching his arm. And so Spencer sees that the tube has the blueprints for the, like, the rally basement floor. And then we hear is like, because, you know, insurance and everything get a little expensive. I mean, I know how much my car means to me. And I'm sure you feel the same way. I, I did kind of like how he looks at her hand, kind of like a little bit annoyed. So she pulls it away. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Spencer's like, she's putting, putting the plans away. And as she does, something drops and makes a noise. The cover bro starts to look back because he heard the noise. And then he puts her hand on his arm again, like pulling his attention back to her. And she's like, hey, is this suit Italian? It's really soft. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, by the way, we saw that these are plans to the Radley basement. And the, the thing that falls out is a room key for room 193. Yeah. So Spencer puts that all back in. And she goes back to get the dude's bags. And he's just like... I'd really like it if we could just solve this here so we don't have to drag it out. And the comfort bro is either thinking how annoyed he is or he's thinking, oh, my God, pornos start like this. <laughs> um, he's like, it's nothing. I think he's just, like, scared. He's like, he doesn't know what to do with, like, all this attention. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a dream come true mm-hmm. so hard that it's a nightmare. Um, yeah, he's like, it's nothing. I mean it. Don't worry. And she's like, you have no idea how happy I hear you say that. So sorry. And then what what turns this scene from good too great is spencer pops up behind this dude bringing the bags around him with the tube like enveloping like him. both hands yeah, yeah with like the total giggle like she's like just acting like a complete and flirt then, here he, he doesn't know what to make of this at all like so, as she's handing him this stuff back well emily has just said so sorry and spencer's like i'm sorrier than she is and, they and now they're both just like giggling and he, he's just like, gonna walk off without a word and uh, Spencer says, have a nice, have a good rest of your day. And they both say, bye. Wave to him. He just gets in his car. Well, em- Emily's smile drops immediately. Well, at first, I thought to myself, oh, my God. he They have so unnerved him that he's mm-hmm. just, like, abandoning the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, car. like, I'll walk. Hobo, hobo's going to have it. I'm walking away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, Spencer, like, she keeps her smile on, but she's, like, talking through her gritted teeth, and Emily says, do you think you remembered us? And Spencer says, no, it didn't seem like it. He drives off, and now she scowls and crosses her arms, and Emily says, so did you find anything? And Spencer says, yeah, all roads lead back to Radley. Emily's like, you're kidding. Spencer says, why don't you keep on following our friend? I'm going to go back to City Hall and see if I can get a copy of what's in that tube. 
because uh, she did like take a look and you saw her kind of like memorize the uh, like the permit number there. Uh, Emily says, okay. Spencer says, okay. So they break new duties. This is a fun scene. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's been a while since we saw Spencer and Emily do like some investigation together. And they, they have this, a great routine. The The last scene that was like this kind of crazy fun, I think, was Spencer and Hannah stealing that car. Yeah, yeah, pretty much I'd say so. And I, I feel like these two need to go join the CIA now or something. It's like a double threat act. And I would just I would just point out that I think it's interesting is that they were following Mona, <laughs> which led them to this. Yeah. Now Mona's doing whatever the fuck Mona wants to do. Um so Ezra's apartment, Arya's like, oh boy, are we gonna are we gonna act out the coming scene? Uh we can before we do that. Let me go get a refill here. Hold on. Uh, I'll add a Kalua. So how do you want to do these scenes, I guess? Because <laughs> there's the pages and then there's the actual like like we see the pages first and then they act the scene out. I feel like there's some good information seeing the uh the written word here. Mm. Kind of see how terrible boyfriend Ezra is that we uh, don't get just from the performance. You know, we can't really like hasten center theater, we gotta kinda take it slow and I because I think I think comparing the two, Arya's interpretation of the text is fascinating. Well, so the the pages start out says she was quiet during breakfast. We well, should have. T- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, do you want, are we? Are we? Is this the show? We should talk about like the setup there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh. Arya and Ezra is at his place. He's reading his pages. He's in the just background, just on his computer, curled up on the couch, shoes off, gray nail polish. So I feel like it does totally go with their outfit. Sure. So, you've said that yellow nail polish. Is the uh, raison d'etre? Uh, I'm just not going to go there. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what does the gray signify to you? I don't know. Murder. Dauntless. Uh, <laughs> dauntless, yes. Uh, Arya is one of those people who licks a finger to turn pages. Yes. I wonder if that's an Arya thing or a Lisa Hale thing. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so can I can I read this uh, just, you know, written word here? I wish you would. She was quiet during breakfast, which should have tipped him off that something was wrong. He ignored the feeling and checked on the jeep. When he was satisfied, he went back to the tent. She wasn't packing. Now, should I just read this? I mean, I don't know. Cause By all means. Yeah. Read this I, beautiful prose. I can't go, she said. I thought I could, but I can't. I'm sorry. She actually says, I can't. I can't go, she said. I thought I could, but I can't. He says, we planned this. I should have left yesterday, but I was waiting for you. She went to him and pulled him deeper into the tent, as if she didn't want the rest of the camp to hear, but she knew it was about to become an argument. I know, but Blanca is sick. I said I'd help with the children. That's all we can really see of that page. And she flips some more. The next page, we see uh, Nicole's talking about... Uh, oh, he's he's he, it's Ezra here talking about hot water, Nicole. A whole bathtub full of it. And she, she hesitated. He still had a chance. Then the chance slipped away. It's very tempting, but I promised to help. You'll be back in three days. Don't be a baby. That was too much. Don't say that. That's in quotes there. That was too much. It's not. And then in quotes again, it's just a phrase. And as they're saying, don't call me a baby because I'd like some time with you in a room with a lock and a floor. She had misunderstood him, misjudged his feelings. This was happening more and more. Neither wanted to admit it. Ezra, she was going to be reasonable. If she was going to be reasonable, he didn't stand a chance. He did stand a chance. (laughs) God. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> Ezra's not a bad guy. He's just too reasonable. Mm-hmm. 
Ezra. So I know there are a few people who have come out and said that they actually don't watch the show anymore. They listen to the podcast, <laughs> which is mind-boggling to me. I feel like we're doing such a massive disservice to the show. But I think we try. So rather than rehashing all that, because I'm sure that's thrilling radio, um, Arya has been imagining this scene, much like a play. You have the actress who plays Nicole, and you have Ezra behind her, a different like kind of a blue tinted lighting. Well, it's kind acting of this out. It's kind of like in Shadow Play when, like, behind Spencer, that scene with Emily and Paige appears. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like that. Um, what are you doing? I was opening a soda. Hmm, okay. <laughs> hmm. Uh, she is wearing a jean jacket and like a red bandana around her neck. I think this is like the same outfit she had in that photo. Yeah, well, because it's Arya's imagination. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that, that makes sense. It's interesting because little words that are spoken by Nicole are different from the text. Mm-hmm. So it's, who do you want to be here, uh, Nicole or Ezra? Well, I mean, do you want to do, you want to do it all again? I yes, mean, yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Because um, I, I feel like that, I'll, I'll do the analysis in a little bit, but I feel like the, uh, the extra little bits of like, uh, just, you know, story there, non-dialogue were important and how Ezra is like writing himself. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I know, but Blanca is... I can't do the voice. I'll, I'll do Nicole. Oh, you do Nicole. Yeah. I thought but I also, could. We should say real quick, the bird chirping sound effects are out of control. <laughs> they really let you know what's going on. I thought I could, but I can't. I'm sorry. Uh, hold on, sorry. Uh, yeah. No, 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 but we, we planned this. I should have left yesterday, but I was waiting for you. Yeah, I know, but Blanca is sick. I said I'd help with the kids, so... But Blanca was taking care of those kids a long time before we showed up. Yeah, I know, baby, but I promise, don't be selfish. I, I am not being selfish. Yeah, you are. Hey, what's wrong? What was that? Mind you, me, as Ezra, am pouting like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wanted to take you to the coast. To all the glamour that is the city of Bay? Yeah, and Nicole, hot water and a whole bathtub full of it. And he does this move where he like holds her face in his hands. And he's smiling, and it's supposed to be endearing, but it's like, I don't know, he looks like a fucking psychopath. Well, he's not, like, half-caressing, half-petting mm-hmm. her face. We should say that. It's like least. cuffing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she pulls his hands away and says, okay, it's really, really tempting, but I made a promise. You'll be back in three days. Don't, don't be a baby. Don't say that. It's just a phrase. Don't call me a baby when I just want to spend some time with you in a room that has a lock and a floor. Ezra. Hey, I have an idea. Just get in the Jeep. Just get in the Jeep. Please, please, just just get in the Jeep. I really feel like I nailed that Ezra there. You really uh, did. You did. Yeah, and she's kind of laughing into his shoulder. She's kind of swaying with him because uh, he won't let go of her. He's en- encircled no his arms around her. There's no way I can't read his dialogue, though. I'm not doing it justice. I can't read his dialogue without sounding creepy of just get in the Jeep. Yeah. She's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. You can't or you won't? Oh, come on. Don't make it like that. Okay, yeah. For- forget it. God, what a fucking tool. Uh, it's like, just let it drop, dude. Uh, he tries to walk off, or she kind of holds on to him. And she says, are you going to drive the next six hours angry at me? Yeah, probably. Ezra, don't go like this. If I don't leave now, I won't make it by nightfall. Seriously, don't go like this. Like what? And he's like just determined to be a dick, so she mm-hmm. kind of lets him go. She's like, okay, fine. Fine. Oh, I was like, fine. Uh... Yeah, so this is all getting an intercut with like the pages of the manuscript here. 
this is my analysis here, um, mm. based on the writing on the page and whatnot. I think Ezra is positioning himself as like a tragic asshole. Mm. It's like he he lost his girlfriend. His last moments, they were a stupid fight, you know. Mm. Uh, but it's also, I feel like the the other level here, he's basically putting out there like him and Nicole were basically about to break up. Yeah. So like he was sick of the jungle. He wanted to get out of there. Is this maybe to like alleviate any hesitation on Arya might be feeling about getting back with like a grieving ex? It's like, you know, we were almost broken up anyway. So what you're saying is he's got both angles locked and loaded. Yes. Yes, he does. That seems pretty clear cut to me. Well, it's, it's a classic Ezra move of like, let me, let me show you at my worst, or at least, you know, how I'm portraying to be at my worst. Arya, I have like, look how vulnerable I've made myself, you know? So, so the, the Arya nightmare murder theater or murder theater in her head dissipates and she's back in the real world. And Ezra is right there to mansplain his memoir to her. And he says, and I got in the Jeep and I left. I made a really big deal of grinding all the gear so she would know that I was still pissed. I drove away. No wave, no last look. Did you notice there's an acoustic guitar in the yeah, corner? Yeah, I could not take my eyes off of it. Because I'm a masochist, I want him to play that guitar for Ezra at some point. You want Ezra to play the guitar? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like what, for Arya? What single song does Ezra know? Because you know he only knows one song. Uh, Lack of Color by a Death Cab. I think you're giving Ezra too much credit. Mm-hmm. I think he like can play like that that one riff from Smoke on the Water that everyone knows. Oh God! No, I think I think somebody told him, much as like a guitar teacher once told me, you just play Angie by the Rolling Stones. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, yeah, not very romantic, is it? Uh, or she says that's that's what really happened. He's like, yeah, not very romantic, is it? She's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, you're a bad influence on me. You make me want to be honest. Mm-hmm. Doubtful. It's more like you make him want to reframe himself to whatever new angle is going to suit him best. Well, just like like he's also positioning himself as this lost soul that just mm-hmm. her to shepherd him to the safe. Yeah. Um. You know, he's like, so do we tell it the way it should have been, or do we tell what, or do we tell it the way it happened? And she's like, we tell it the way that makes the best story. She's like a little confused, like. Like, what exactly are you asking me here, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, is he seriously just writing a book about himself? Yeah, what, like, why the fuck is this interesting to Arya? Well, how did Arya write three chapters yeah. of this book, apparently? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what, what's going on? The fact that, that this is the situation, this is what the story is about, literally it's about Nicole, makes it even more insulting with his, like, Nicole's voice was <laughs> taken, taken away. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just want you to be Nicole. Could you just wear, like, walk around with a mask of Nicole's face on your face? Maybe fly a plane like that? Can you do an Australian accent? Yeah. I need you to wear the outfit that she's wearing in the picture. No well, why would Jillian want this? Like, is it just, like, the true crime thrill of it all or something? Wouldn't it be great if he's, like, trying to trying to position it as his, like, novel based on his life? And she just flat out puts it, like, uh, like true crime memoirs. <laughs> What if what if Jillian has Nicole stowed away in an apartment somewhere in I would Boston, just waiting? I would love just it. Just waiting would... for like she she doesn't give a shit about this book, but she's gonna do hard press on it mm-hmm. just for the moment when they can bring Nicole out on, and have on, it be like a big 
And you're like, oh, and you're dating somebody else now that you wrote the book with. This is book with. This is awkward. Yeah, on Oprah. Mm-hmm. Oprah, Oprah exactly. coming back just to shove in his face. Here you go, you Norman Mailer motherfucker. Yeah. That would actually be pretty funny. <laughs> great. Anyway, Emily. The shippers will be shocked. <laughs> shocked. Meanwhile, Emily is staking out the comfort bro here, who is hilariously getting an ice cream cone from an ice cream truck surrounded by a bunch of little children. This is so great. Well, he's just like, he's got that tube in hand and he's just standing there like lick the ice cream cone, like trying to be cool. Uh, I don't think it's where they're supposed to be. I'm pretty sure this is the same house they use for Mona's house. But yeah, he's just in the neighborhood and she is not parked all that far away. <laughs> well, and she's just kind of like, you know, well, like mean, watching this asshole eat some ice cream. I almost wanted him to like, you can see the the like ice cream dudes like serving some kids in the background i wanted him to like still be like in front of them like preventing all the kids from getting ice cream because he's just gonna sit there or I stand there the whole time for a minute yeah. well what i want is i want that like because you know you have two minutes to spare i want like the scene where like one of the scoops drops and he frowns and then we <laughs> cut over to emily watching it and she frowns <laughs> like she knows those feels um also if he wasn't looking dead straight ahead of him he might look over just a little bit to his right and see that girl who accosted him you know, across the street. This is what needs to happen. He he like drops the ice cream cone and gets a sad look on his face and then just starts beating the shit out of the ice cream truck with his like a uh, cardboard tube there, just like wailing on it, like he's like furiously angry. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, whoa. <laughs> and then she she video chats that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so then a car starts to drive up to him. Oh, what, one more thing. This is a Mr. McFreeze ice cream. It's not Boo's ice cream, in case anyone's curious. Oh, oh. The car kind of slows down as it comes up to him, just slow enough so that he can, like, toss the tube of the plants in the driver's side window, or the passenger side window. And Emily kind of, like, sinks down in her seat as this car advances, driving past her, and, oh, shit, it's Sarah fucking Harvey driving a car, oh, shit. As uh, Rochelle on our Twitter said, I'm ready to hang a sign. Bitch can drive. I just <laughs> wanted an opportunity where Sarah Harvey can say in her Sarah Harvey voice, dead drop. I love her look here, too. It's like this badass look. She's got like a black leather jacket on, black driving gloves, raccoon <laughs> eye makeup. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She is just elevating. <laughs> this, this, these. I mean, like it started with this. this Dude eating ice cream in the suburban <laughs> neighborhood. And it ends with Sarah Harvey. I don't know how you can complain about this show anymore. The only thing better would be Sarah Harvey just showed up in a scene wearing like Groucho glasses. Or she like ran into something because she really can't <laughs> hold the steering wheel that way. Like, she crashes into like a fire hydrant. <laughs> no, we saw that. Abandons the car. Um, so after the commercial, we're back in Lucas's loft. Caleb's like it's over there to like meet with Hannah. And this whole scene, I'm thinking, where is Caleb sleeping right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hannah's like, she's holding up that folded up card she pocketed in Allison's hospital room. And she's like, like, tell me I'm wrong about that. So he takes it, turns from her, looks at it. He's like, did Allison or Elliot see this? And she says, I'm pretty sure they didn't. Look, whoever this is, I'm not going to wait till election night. They're going to keep chipping away at us. So there's nothing left. He's like, what did you tell the others about Allie's accident? And Hannah says, nothing yet. I just want to talk to you first. Why me? Yes, Hannah. Why him? Because you're the only one who can help me with this. What are you talking about? Look, I thought about this a lot on the drive home. The only way to prevent more accidents is to call this creep's bluff. 
we have to we have to tell them that we're ready to give them what they want. Hannah, what they want is Charlotte's killer. Right. And that's what we're gonna give them. Caleb, like, he's just kind of confused here. Huh? Is, is Hannah doing this just to spend time with Caleb? Or like we don't we don't really know what the plan is, so we don't know why she needs him. Yeah, there's 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 so much of this episode where it goes from here that feels even though we don't know what she has up her sleeve, it feels emotionally true to the the way the plan's breaking out. It feels emotionally manipulative to me. Well, but I mean, emotionally manipulative, yes. She's like, but, my plan requires you to play mind games with your girlfriend. Right, right. But I mean, like, Spencer's reaction feels true. You know what I mean? Like, this is how Spencer would react. We can side of her. We can understand what she's going sure, through. Sure, yeah. But... Like, there's a whole other shoe that we don't know if that is the plan, you know? Like, mm-hmm. is this a side effect or is this is this the fucking plan? Um, so Spencer's barn, Spencer's coming back. She's talking on the phone with Emily. She has a similar tube under her arm. And she's like, well, he didn't go out that far <laughs> that far out of town to get ice cream. No, Sarah didn't want just anybody seeing her get the key. He probably checked in for her. And then she turns around and there's Hannah and Caleb. And she can tell something's up. Like, this is probably the moment she's been dreading forever. They're standing awfully close. Yeah. And Spencer, she's trying really hard to, like, maintain her chill here. Well, it's like, again, this is, I feel like this is something she's been dreading. Well, like, Caleb's got his hands in his pockets. Hannah's just crossing her arms, frowning. Yeah, this is, this is the, the moment she hoped would never happen. She says, Em, uh, let's see this in person. Okay, bye. She hangs up. She's very confused. Caleb's just standing there. Doesn't say anything. No attempt to put Spencer at ease here. Yeah. Yeah, no reassuring fucking anything here. yeah spencer says hey uh i was gonna call you um did you see Allie? is she okay and she's kind of like rolling up her headset around her phone she's putting it down she's so tense and Hannah says yeah she's okay um it wasn't an accident spencer's like <sighs> sarah's back at the radley caleb's just like when did that happen well how did she get a room and i couldn't yeah and if possible he moves even closer to hannah at this point yeah. kind of like steps over towards her even more and spencer says today she checked in under a fake name, and she's still looking for something. These are plans for the Radley, same ones Sarah got from the records office. And she's, like, looking between the two of them. She's, like, confused. She's worried. She's, like, what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> hey, Essence is the best boyfriend. Yeah. WTF. And he's like, Spence, you need to listen to Hannah. So she's like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah, Hannah takes some big breaths, and she steps forward. Did you want this? Oh, uh, sure. That night at the hotel, when you were asleep, I left the room. I followed Ari and Ezra. I saw them in the square, and then I saw Charlotte going to the church. So I went in after her. She was sitting there alone, praying. I picked up a candlestick, and I stabbed her in the back of the neck with the end of it. And I took her to that bell tower, and I threw her off. I went to the hotel, and I pretended like I was gone for a minute to get ice. Stealing the security drive wasn't because Ari was on it. It's because I'm on it. I murdered Charlotte. Hannah is near tears now. Spencer, Spencer's mouth is hanging agape, like she's stunned. Appropriately horrified. She's shocked. She's like, what the fuck? And then Hannah suddenly just composes herself and turns back to Caleb and says, see, she believes it. And she believes it even for a minute. And Spencer's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, speaking for everyone, she says that. And she's like, Hannah knows we can, how we can end this. And Hannah's just nodding confidently. Spencer's, she like is crying now pretty much. Like, this is fucked up. I mean, it's, I guess Hannah wants to prove she can tell a convincing lie here. She's like using her like skills Mona taught her. Did it have to be on Spencer? Did she have to bring Caleb in on it? It's so well, passive aggressive. 
Well, the thing is, not only is Essence of Best Boyfriend not reassuring his his ladyship, Hannah is not reassuring Spencer either. Yeah, I, just, I don't like this, you know? I don't want to see two liars fighting over a dude. Like, that's, so, that's against the PLL rules, you know? Absolutely. So I have to assume that this is all in service of something? The plan. Like, part of the plan is that Caleb has to, like, totally ice out Spencer for some reason. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. I just want... I want Caleb to have to pretend that he has a twin. I feel like this is just here for like drama for the episode. It's going to like get immediately resolved in the next episode. That's my prediction. Um, sorry, I was weird last week. I'm sleeping in my car. Um, the rally where the lobby dinner restaurant bar, there's Jillian of Ezra and Aria and Jillian's like, I really shouldn't encourage Aria's writing. I was hoping to turn her into a world-class editor. And Ezra's like, well, you missed your chance. She's already a novelist. And Jillian's like, almost. I'm curious about the process. How does it work with you two? And Ari's like, we're still figuring that out. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about that too. She knows her bandage is shrinking. It's yeah. only half the size now. Yeah, but she's she's back on the island. It's mm-hmm. um, Jillian's like, really? I was hoping you had it down by now. I have a marketing department chomping at the bit. So Ezra, of course, Ezra says, we sort of uh, spot the corners of the map for each other. Just somebody the other person can trust makes it go a lot quicker than if we were alone, which is some vague bullshit. Well, wrestling metaphor, huh? <laughs> and Jillian's like, quicker is good. And I was like, but we're still taking our time to get it right. We don't want to rush it. And Ezra's like, yeah, and, and I know you've been carrying that in advance for quite some time. And Jillian's like, I didn't come here to lean on you two. I came here to buy you dinner and wish you well. And maybe lean just a little. I have production decisions to make for the next year, and I don't like making the kind of commitment without a manuscript in hand, even a rough one. I need some kind of complete draft. I need to see it soon. I'm going to go see George R.R. R. Martin after this. Yeah. Ezra says, oh, you'll have it. And Arya shoots him a concerned look, but he's just like brash confidence, and she's just like, good. So Ezra has to kind of, or Arya has a fake smile and kind of drink some wine. So, I, I mean, I guess what we're getting here is she's worried about their timetable, but he is not. He's just going to say anything, I think, too. Yeah. Because uh, everything's going according to Ezra's master plan. Also, in case you're wondering, this is also how the bros pitch things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have one word for you. Nothing. And then the other one of us slams wine. Um, so Spencer's barn and mystery. Marco Car- makes just grandiose promises that he can't keep. And I'm just like, uh, sure. <laughs> Add another zero to that check. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so back in Spencer's Barn and Mystery, Barn and Mystery Clubhouse in this Edward Albee play that's existing here, Emily has been filled in on this new shit. She's standing, addressing Caleb and Hannah, who are sitting confidently close together on the couch. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, whole thing sounds crazy. And Hannah's like, it's not crazy. We're building a rat trap. And Emily's like, and you are the cheese. Hannah Marin, the cheese stands alone. And Caleb's like, we got to do something unexpected and knock them off balance. And Hamley's like, okay, so what if she confesses to killing Charlotte and A orders her to march into the police station and tell Tanner, you think this person went to all that trouble just to hand over to the cops? This is about revenge, not justice. And Emily's like, still sounds, Hannah says, crazy. Yes, we've established that. But Caleb and I have figured it all out. So Emily sighs and looking for sanity, she turns to Spencer and says, what do you think about all well, this? This is the first time we see Spencer in the scene. She's over next to the couch on a chair kind of watching them big glass of wine in hand she is not happy no <laughs> even though she says i'm just happy somebody else has come up with the plan because i'm all tapped out uh she's not loving it at all here's the thing 
I'm the densest guy ever. <laughs> and these are the signs. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Caleb, what the fuck? Like the Emily's ever growing wine glass from last week. <laughs> well, Spencer now has it. I feel bad for Spencer here because there's basically nothing she can do without just making it worse. Like if she says something, it's like, oh, she's the jealous girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Or or they're just gonna be like, sorry, yeah, it's exactly what you think. Like, what what is she supposed to do in this scenario? You know, she's friends with both of them. She doesn't want to imply anything and like insult anyone. Right. So yeah, Emily says, "Can it work?" And Spencer says, "Yeah, it can work." Meanwhile, Did we get to the oh, the, I'm just happy somebody else came up planning. Yeah, yeah. I'm all yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'll work things from the Sarah angle, and if we're lucky, we'll catch a. And Emily's like, "If we're lucky," and Spencer says. Hannah has the plan and Caleb has the know-how. And if we don't back them up, they're just going to do it by themselves. And each other. Damn. Caleb, like, this is your time to stop sitting with your ex and come over to Spencer and, like, be like... maybe it can get worse. Can it get worse? Let's see if it can get worse. So Emily turns back to them and she's like, is that true? And then Hannah takes Caleb's hand and interlacing her fingers with his. Hashtag hand stuff. Yeah, doing hand stuff. And Hannah's like, yeah. And Spencer sees this and just gets up and goes over to the kitchen, probably well, to vomit. Well, Caleb, he he looks up when she does this. He kind of looks up a little, like, guiltily at, at Spencer, like, oh, you know, like, maybe he's at least slightly aware, you know, of what's going on. Yeah. yeah, she sees this. She looks like she wants to die, and she just gets up and goes to get some more wine. So he pulls his hand away, trying to stay cool. And he's like, um, uh, uh, most of what I need, I, 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 can, I can take off the shelf. But for the other stuff, I mean... It, it would be really helpful if I could talk to Toby and he kind of turns to Spence. Party bro team up. And Hannah's like, Spence? Spence is pouring more wine. And she's mm-hmm. like, he needs to know what you're planning. And I want to show him those blueprints. She can't like, even look at them right now, yeah. Caleb turns to Hannah and she's like, hey, can I see that list? And Hannah like hands Caleb a piece of paper. So Emily goes over to Spencer for have like a private powwow. And she's like, do you think Hannah's aware of the risk she's taking? Because that's where Emily's concern is right now. I feel like subtext. Do you think Hannah's aware of what she's doing right now? I don't think she is yet. I Mm. think Emily doesn't get that Spencer's only holding herself together on the earth right now with wine. And Spencer's like, yeah, Em, she knows. (laughs) And Emily's like, and you're just going to let the two of them run this? See, I feel like that's another subtextual line there, too. Well, so that's that's when Spencer is like, well, I think that's one of the things where Emily doesn't realize how her words. Yeah really attack the situation what's going on and so just like it's their plan what do you want me to do wedge myself between them on the sofa and then it's like there's like an ice cold venom towards there and then i feel like that's when emily's just like oh shit oh you're right oh fuck well i just the sorry the first parts of her emily's lines here do you think hannah's aware you know are you just gonna let the two of them dot 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 you know like oh i agree and spencer is just like so bitter and angry right now she's just drinking wine she's uh, just piss. I agree with the dialogue, but I felt like from Shay Mitchell's performance, yeah, 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 maybe she didn't get it to the end. Um, well, this is where Emily needs to go take Caleb aside and be like, "Hey, uh, what the fuck are you doing?" Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, and I agree, and it should be Emily because, like you said, there's no winning move for Spencer. Spencer can't. Spencer can't say anything. She needs to send Emily over there. Well, and Hannah's her friend, so mm-hmm. Spencer's not going to like do the Melissa thing to her. Mm-hmm. She's going to jump on the grenade. Um, so on the other side of that coin, after the commercial, we're at the rally, Ezra and Jillian and Ari are walking out after dinner and Ezra says, I'm sort of a hip hop, hip hop Luddite when it comes to eBooks. What does that even mean? A hip hop Luddite. And Jillian says, the thing that they don't want you to know is how ethereal the technology is. I don't know what that means either. And Ezra (laughs) says, I still think ink on acid free paper is going to win out. Of course he does. (laughs) 
Uh, Nothing can defeat the penis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seriously, so, though, books are way better than ebooks. Just saying. Like reaching that point in the evening where I feel like anyone would just grow tired of Ezra waxing on. Jillian just stops Arya, holds her clothes, and she's like, "You don't mind if Arya walks me home, do you? Just to the elevators? Oh no. Um, I'll meet you outside." And Arya looks like she's the hostage being negotiated <laughs> over, and she's like, "Okay." And Ezra's like, "Oh, Jillian, thank you again for dinner," and she's like, "Thank you for the book." And so he leaves, and Jillian starts walking with Arya, and she's like, I just want you to know, from now on, you'll be communicating with my office directly. You won't have to go through Liam on this project, even though Liam is my office. Yeah, um, yeah. Arya's like, but I've been working with Liam the whole time. And Jillian says, I know. I had a talk with him when he came back. It was clear to me he needed some distance. He agreed. I think it's best for the book and everybody involved. Did she just break up with Arya for Liam? I wonder. Arya's a little surprised by this. She's like, oh. All right. And Jillian says, are you trying to pretend I don't know you and Liam or what used to be called an item? Give me some credit, Arya. And she kind of grimaces. She says, I guess we could have been a little more discreet. And Jillian lies and says, you're very discreet. That's why everybody knows. I'm depending on you to keep things in perspective until the book is finished. Is she basically saying, because she says, after that, you can go do whatever you want with whomever you like. But right now, I don't want this project derailed by anything. Is she saying like you can't sleep with Liam anymore? Until you finish the book? Let's get to the end of this, and then I have I have an observation that may or may not be true. Okay, Arya says, I understand. Uh, and so then Jillian says, I hope so. I like your Ezra. He's smart, and he can write, and the talk shows will love him. They'll love both of you, especially when we bring Nicole into the situation. Uh, you and your ex-teacher are in for quite a ride. Yeah, good night, Arya. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just had a note here. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, of, like, these two on a press tour. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be a bad idea? Like, if anyone tries, like, just looking into their past even a little mm-hmm. bit, mm-hmm. be like, wait, you were mm-hmm. his student and you used to date him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be, like, the juiciest scandal since, like, James Frey and JT Leroy yeah. combined. Well, and also, Liam, maybe a heads up phone call. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. So, <laughs> maybe you're just a little pissed at Arya right now. So, real quick. So, like, Arya's cell phone rings and she answers she's like m oh they, um, they they say good night yeah jillian so, takes off we haven't gotten to this scene yet but i just want you to think about the parallels between what jillian wants of aria and like what lucas wants of hannah yeah um uh, I, yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so uh we see emily's side of the conversation she's at spencer's barn and she's just like aria are you still at dinner listen you need to tell Ezra what's happening. I know, but the situation's changing. I'm at Spencer's. Hannah wants to try something. Hand stuff. No, she just left with Caleb. You need to hear this. I'm kind of like, pan over to Spencer, who's carefully washing that wine glass that she was using like she's planning a murder at the same time. Well, I like the way we transition there from Arya gets a phone call to Emily. Mm. Emily's talking on the phone and then pan over to Spencer, just staring into the abyss. Mm. And then a, a shadow of a slow rotating fan kind of appears on her, basically. You know, like there's a, a new light source and a shadow, a shadow well, of a fan. It's a similar effect to when Arya's Nicole daydream mm-hmm. took over. Uh, and then we kind of, you know, we hear last hear Emily like Hannah says wants to say that she killed, and we kind of go right into a flashback to Madrid, Spaleb so, in Madrid, all those years ago. A dimly lit hotel room. Uh, that fan is rotating overhead of Spencer. That's where the shadow is coming from. Spencer is wearing just like a crazy sexy summer dress here. Mm. She's looking at a postcard and then Caleb enters the hotel room behind them. Uh, this is Goya's El Perro. 
Uh, fun fact. The dog. Uh, Goya painted it right on the walls of his home because it was never meant for public consumption. Mm-hmm. And now it's just a part, another part of another hot, sexy spale of night. I have some more Wikipedia thoughts on that in just a moment. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah. I love you, dog. <laughs> you, dog. She's also wearing a necklace, which isn't the same, but very similar to the type of necklace she's wearing in her current scene, mm-hmm. which I thought maybe means something. Um, I mean, this is like a, like a low cut summer dress. It's like red and red lace over like, I don't know, taupe or something. Um, he's just in a t-shirt. He kind of, he needs to dress himself up a little, I feel like. Ezra walks in, it's like, at least put a blazer over it. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and Spencer says, of all the paintings in that museum, why'd you want to take this one home? He takes it and he looks at it and he's like, hmm, this little dog's been through a lot with me. It was on a calendar in the kitchen of one of my foster homes. It was an old calendar, wrong year. Nobody ever took it down until I did. This is actually the only thing I took with me. I sort of made him my little dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> this, yeah, the dog here. Uh, it's painting a couple different readings. One of them is it's a symbolic depi- depiction of man's futile struggle against malevolent forces. Or it can also be seen as an image of abandonment, loneliness, and neglect. I think Caleb's probably going to that second reading there. Uh, little known fact. Goya's alternate title was Lunch. Do you do it? <laughs> do you lunch? No, I think it'd just be lunch. Do you? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Spencer <laughs> says, you still have the print? And he kind of winces a little and he's like, I left it behind. New York. It's a little touchy. This, well, I think this reminds Spencer of the Hannah factor here. Well, he he takes the postcard from her, you know, kind of gently, walks over the bed, sets it down in the middle of the bed, which I I just thought to myself, like, that's a foreign film metaphor for sex, right? Well, this this whole scene is dripping with the subtext. We were wondering, like, have they already slept together right now? Like, did did they lie about this whole situation? Did they already hook up? Uh, but yeah, I feel like the, the mention of Hannah there kind of brings Spencer a little bit out of, you know, her, her infatuation. She goes over to the balcony she opens a window and steps out on the balcony. And we hear the, there's like been some like plunky, plucky guitar music in the background. It kind of gets louder now. If she's got to get some of that cool night air, like mm-hmm. on her, like aching loins. Yeah. Quite frankly. Spencer says, <laughs> nicely put. She says, well, your little dog is doing all right for himself. He kind of drifts over, and she says, he's hanging in Prado. People are lining up to see him, buying him in the gift shop. Comes up behind her, and he's like, yeah, sometimes things work out. She turns back to him, leaning against the balcony rail. And there's really no way to describe her posture other than as, like, seductive here. Like, she she is definitely trying, like, she's trying to, you know, get a reaction out of him. Like, I don't don't think this is, like, an innocent, I'm just leaning against the rail move here. If if she happened to, for some reason, have, like, a pair of glasses mm-hmm. and, like, one of the, the things just, like, ended up on her bottom lip. Yeah, like, really. We would all be losing our minds right now. Oh, and this is, you're just like, they're already asleep together? Like, what's going on? Well, I just, I, like I said, I think that the, uh, the lust, mm-hmm. the desire is, like, at 15. Yeah, yeah, it's an 11 on, on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, so she smiles at him and she says, I really want to say thank you for last night. For all the adventures, the museums today, even the bullfight. And he laughs and she says, it was all very... Chaotic? No, it was impromptu. And they, they're just like smoldering at each other. Red hot smoldering, yeah. yeah. She says, where do you want to go? The bed. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> so, though, where do you want to go? For dinner. No, yeah. after Madrid. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe Morocco? God, I envy you. Ferry tickets don't cost that much. Yeah, but I've got to go back to Georgetown. and be, or I'm Sorry, i got to be back in Georgetown by the end of the month. Then we'll skip Casablanca. Well, his eyes are searching her now. I think he basically essentially just put it out there, right? That's, well, that's, also, this is how I'm reading the scene. Also, tip of the cap to you, Joseph Jordy. This is the fun place where smoldering innuendo and unavoidable film illusions yes. combine. Well, him saying then we'll skip Casablanca and kind of the, the, the bedroomized look he gives her is basically saying like, hey, I'm into it. I feel like is what he's communicating here. Well, also, it, I think I want to point out to this. That's also if you were to take a film angle, if I could go peel off Sherlock for a minute here, that is a movie about a, a love triangle. If we true. just skip that and go straight to the bed. Well, I know the uh, in the Bustle podcast, uh, I think it was Samantha Rulo was talking all about how like spencer's like totally the one who's like pushing it i feel like she i mean she's like being flirty and, and seductive and whatnot but he was the one who like i feel like he made the final actual move there to be like do you want to make this text instead of subtext and she um, thinks about it and then she backs off much like uh the uh the ring of fire hot sex scene where they actually consummated this passion mm-hmm uh caleb is the one who eventually says you know with hand stuff hashtag hand stuff he's basically saying to spencer you're not crazy. You're just as sane as I am. Yeah. Between the sheets. Well, he's, you know, then we'll skip Casablanca. He's saying, hey, I, I'm open to it if you are. And she yeah. she watches him. She's kind of searching his eyes. And then below him, we hear a dog start barking and a woman speaking Spanish to it. And they both kind of laugh like the moment passes there. She checks her watch. Says, hey, her it's 10 o'clock. Apple watch. Watch. Yeah. yeah. 10 yeah. o'clock. And he's like, mm, time for dinner. And she's like, yeah. And he kind of leans back and she walks past him. I mean, it, it must have been a Herculean task for these two not to fuck later on this night. Like, what does she do? Does she just leave? She's like, um, waiter, if it's not too much trouble, can I get a glass of water? And he's like, oh, here you go. And she's like, thanks. And she like, pours it on herself. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it seems like they they both definitely want to right now. But Spencer is observing girl code. Yeah. You know, she's like, it's it's there for the taking. I'm not going to go for it, you know. I would not be shocked if we had more time with this, if one of them just left abruptly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it kind of seems, I mean, because it seems like they only spent that one night, you know, and then this dinner, I guess, the next night Like, or something. you know, they force themselves back to their own rooms, mm-hmm. um, you know, force themselves to stay in their rooms, and then, like, they're going to meet for breakfast the next morning, and so she's in the lobby waiting and waiting, and then she goes to the, the clerk, and she's like, is there a message or anything from the guy And you know... I don't think it's B? before sunset or anything. Well, and he's like, ooh, the sexy man who obviously has super chemistry with you? No, he left. He left a long time ago. He left you a note. Anyway. I think um, it's like one of them makes up something, anything, to be like, yeah, I gotta go. Hacking emergency, gotta go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the end of the flashback. Spencer Chance is... Again. polishing that wine glass and just thinking about how screwed she is right now I, and well, she's thinking about how like you know maybe like what why is she thinking about this now she's thinking i could have had it then i didn't and now like i got permission and i still feel like it's getting snatched away from me that's that's I, why i'm reading this see i would pay all of the money that aria should get from her settlement against lucas to know what her thoughts are because i think they could go in a thousand different directions at mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. um whether like that's how it's like sometimes you know when it's when it's ending and it's being snatched away from you you think of the beginning i don't know uh also theory not theory in the casablanca sense caleb is ingrid bergman hmm. 
And I think Spencer and Hannah take turns being either Humphrey Bogart or Claude Rains. That's my hope. <laughs> Get on that plane, Caleb. Yeah, uh, so speak of the devil. Yeah. So Lucas is lost. Caleb and Hannah walk in. And he's like, all right, I'll be back as fast as I can. But uh, the more I get done tonight, the less I have to worry. And she's like, right. And then suddenly an eruption of fire comes out of that fireplace thing again. And they're both like, oh, shit, what the fuck? And then they realize that Lucas is up in the loft part, just creeping. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to make sure that worked from anywhere in the apartment. <laughs> also hey, to scare you. Good to see you. I feel like Brendan Robinson's whole performance this season is him sulking because for some reason he's not the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor. <laughs> That's how he, I feel like he's playing it. Does he need the like the long weird hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do not pick a fight with this person. Um, Caleb's like, oh, good to see you. I would ask how you're doing, but I'm a stockholder, so I already know. And Lucas kind of <laughs> comes if. down the steps like, yeah, well, confidence is high. And Caleb's just like, okay, um, I gotta go. <laughs> and Hannah's like, okay. Then Lucas stops him and says, Oh, oh, do you lunch? We should do lunch. Kid's just like, yeah, I lunch. What the fuck kind of question is that? I had to capture the screen cap because for like a half a second, Caleb ponders, do I actually lunch? Or did this asshole just say, do you lunch to mm-hmm. me? Yeah, and Lucas says, then we'll lunch. And Caleb's just like, okay, bye. And he gets the fuck out of there. He can't wait to get away from Lucas. I mean, like, great, now I'm late. Who's more likely to become the like the tech billionaire, the dorky photographer who wasn't even good at that, or the super hacker? Hmm. I just want Caleb to make a phone call and like turn his like forty nine percent of stock or shares in Lucas's company to fifty one percent. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, so but you didn't know your you know minor investor was. I'm not coming back for half, asshole. I'm coming back for the whole thing. Um. So Lucas hits some buttons on that tablet, hands it over to Hannah. He's like, okay, you were... I just say, sorry, I didn't wear my Prada and my (laughs) fuck me hoodie or my fuck me flip flops. I'm CEO, bitch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Lucas is like, okay, you were completely safe. And Hannah's like, thank you. Hey, hey, what is this? And she sees some pictures on the table. Um, One of them is a high-res photo of a shitty-looking factory. And one is a conceptual drawing of... Concept art, yeah. And he's like, it's the empty factory I'm buying near the lake. And this is what it's going to look like when it's finished. And she's like, wow, that's really nice. What are well, you he gonna... holds up like a like an artist rendering of like this place, like all cleaned up and whatnot. Done in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, she's like, wow, that's really nice. What are you going to do with it? And he's like, anything I want to. Like what turn would... it into an A-layer. <laughs> what would you do with it? And she's like, um, indoor miniature golf. And he's like, no, seriously, what would you do? If somebody said that you could try anything, you know, start your own business, what would you do? And she's like, don't kid like that, Lucas. And he's like, who's kidding? And his he has the biggest, face. creepiest grin on his face now. And weird eyebrow, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Hannah's like, well, I would set myself up with some new designers, start my own brand, you know, get out of the city, away from the distractions. And he's like, deal. Research and development. It can mean whatever we say it means. Look, this will be a good way for you to keep one foot in Rosewood and figure out what you left behind. Ugh. And she didn't she, leave you behind, dude. Well, she either looks, I can't tell if if Ashley Benson plays it as completely uninterested or disturbed by the blatant implications. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that at the end of the scene. But she's just kind of speechless for a moment. She's like, Lucas, I I can't take you up on that offer. He's like, why not? And she kind of shrugs. She looks away. She's making some Hannah face. And he's like, what? Does somebody else you went to high school with want to offer you a million dollar line of credit? It's just, ugh. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, why don't you just ask her how much her vagina costs, you fucking tool? And she kind of smirks and he's like, come on, Hannah. Look, I finally figured out a way to give you something that nobody else can. I'm a nice guy. Emosogynous. Well, I finally figured out a way to give you something that nobody else can. What the fuck? (laughs) What are you implying there, Lucas? Mm -hmm. I finally figured out a way for you to have to rely on me. Well, this is this is torture for Hannah. And he's like, look, the offer still stands. Ask Jordan about it. We can talk about tomorrow or whenever you want. And she's like, yeah, tomorrow. Well, she smiles a little night. So I guess there's two ways we can read this. One is that she's busy with her A shit and the Jordan situation. Mm -hmm. And so she's just like, sorry, I can't. Or is she like, ah, shit, Lucas still thinks he can like buy my love, essentially, you know? I think that some some part of her has to know that there are implications to Mm -hmm. this that are maybe not even, you know, like like you said, overtly sexual. But I don't know how much she wants. I'm glad she's living in his place, but I don't know how much Hannah wants to be tied into this guy. I feel like if I were Hannah, I'd move out like tomorrow. Yeah, seriously, I would I would go become roommates of pam fields at mm-hmm. this point um he's he's basically suggesting that he becomes neil patrick harris and gone girl yeah 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 that's, that's what he's doing there um so we cut to allison's hospital i hope it ends the same way yes seriously <laughs> yes uh, oh, that'd be so good so allison's hospital Ashley Benson covered in blood she could pull it off mm-hmm. um so it's night. Allison wakes up in the dark. She kind of looks over and sees the silhouette of a person standing there by the door. And she freaks the fuck out as you do. Flips on a light. And it's Jessica De Laurentiis. Oh, shit. It's Mrs. D. And Mrs. D is going to look like scarily placid through this whole scene. Sure. Not unlike she looked that one time she was in Spencer's room randomly. Mm-hmm. Like even when she's like trying to be kind of like caring to Allison. There's something about the stillness of her face that is ominous, I think. Like, Like she's not really, like, smiling ever, like, being warm to Allie here. Like a mannequin Terminator. Yeah, and so Allie's a little freaked out, and Jessica's like, don't be afraid. Please, I don't want to scare you. And Allie's kind of freaking out. She leans back, and she's like, I'm dreaming. Or it's the drugs or the concussion. Jessica says, I don't care what it is. I'm just glad I'm able to see you, to talk to you, my little angel. She sits on the bed, caressing yeah, Allie's caressing hand. Her arms, yeah. yeah. And Allie's like, Mommy. And Jessica says, Everything's going to be all right. Elliot will take care of you. And Allie's like, Who's Elliot? No. <laughs> she says, You know about Elliot? And Jessica says, I know he's a good man. I know he loves you and he'll protect you the way I wasn't able to. What if this was actually just Rollins in like a Jessica mask? He's like, She's super high on drugs. I'll just come in and pretend to be your mom. So we'll get that in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, this is, of course, exactly what Allie wants to hear. And she's nodding. She's almost crying. Mrs. D's caressing her hair now. She still has that, like, not entirely warm look on her face. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, like, still face. And she says, rest, darling. Shh. So Allie leans back and closes her eyes. She's crying a little. And Jessica says, you'll be happy now. And she doesn't smile at all. She says it. She's very, like, weird stone face. And Allie's asleep. Mrs. D just gets up and quietly... Leaves the room, slowly closes the door, and mm-hmm. Allie's just sleeping now. She needs a little bit of a smile on her face. She's happy now. I have to say, to me, the most interesting detail is the walking out of the door and shutting it behind herself. I think it's a misdirect, personally. And the fact that you hear the hospital PA, mm-hmm. which to me, I think that, I don't think it's Jessica De Laurentiis. I don't think Jessica has a twin. 
I am much more inclined to believe that this is a real person and it's like a, a drug. A manipulation. Yeah, it's a manipulation. Um, I'm, I, if it's not Rollins, my first thought was, okay, I've never been more convinced Rollins is behind something. Yeah. Because I've, I've been thinking, just going from the angle of the movie that's you know referenced next week, that there's a, there's a, a, a twist and that he has like a partner mm, or something. Okay. My thought now is like, I, I think it goes back to the threesome of of Charlotte, Allison, and Rollins, and I feel like two of them hmm. is scamming the other. Hmm, okay, that's how I'm. I'm like maybe Charlotte's not actually dead. Yeah, or something like that. One of the one of them is being scammed by the other <laughs> two in some way. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I I can see the argument here where Allison is like resolved to murder Rollins, and this is her 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 hallucination telling her you're gonna be happy now if you kill this good man. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a twin. I feel like it would be no. too anticlimactic. Like they've made all this noise about a twin, and if if that was like, oh yeah, it was Jessica, they just shot their wad in that scene. Like they have no big reveal now. If yeah. they reveal that there's a, a twin of Jessica De Laurentiis, we're gonna be like, oh yeah, we saw that in the last episode. You know. Well, and and. I don't know the the like. There's the whole like, oh, you've seen the twin before. I was really frustrated with uh, uh, the like. You've seen A before. A was mm-hmm. revealed, and like it was that what we thought was the misdirect of like like uh, CC in the black hoodie outside. Of yeah, that yeah. And like in retrospect, that's frustrating that that's actually just A being A. Well, um, I mean, and you could say, well, we did see like the creepy Jessica and Spencer's room once before, so maybe that's what they're referencing. Yeah. I, I try not to pay too much attention to the tweets and the hints and whatnot, and just kind of base my theories on on what we're seeing in the episode itself. You know, I mean, I I think you can you can take some kind of stock in I Marlon King's actual words. I mean, like, if you find like hashtags or like the promotional stuff, you're gonna. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, Sugar Daddy Lucas. We forgot to mention. That. Oh God, it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> that was a hashtag in that last Lucas and Hannah scene. That hurts. Which I guess means that the I don't know the the media team is not unaware of how creepy that suggestion was. For Lucas. I hope. I uh, hope. Yeah. Um, Sugar Daddy Lucas. But yeah, it's I, no, not the father. Just saying. I would be upset if like this was like Aunt Carol, the twin. You know. He's um, like, oh, I never mentioned that my mother had an identical twin. Hmm. <laughs> Funny the things that slip your mind when you're falling down the stairs on your honeymoon. Yeah. Um. So Rosewood at night, Mona's like seemingly walking out of the Hastings campaign headquarters. Like maybe she's she just got a job. It. Well, walking past it, like maybe she just got a job. Mm, you never know. So we hear the train in the distance, and then a voice booms out into the night. Someone told me you wanted to talk. Mona spins around. She sees Shara Harvey. Coming out of a dark alley, Mona's just about to get in her car. Uh, Shower is wearing a leather jacket and gloves. She's got like a silver sparkly Aria shirt on. Like a cocktail dress glimmer shirt. Yeah. Yeah, And like jeggings. Yeah. And in short, I love this show. Mm. And Mona's completely unfazed by this. And she's just like, hello, Sarah. <laughs> I saw well, your driver this morning. I was curious how you were doing. All right. Everyone has their own personal way to survive. Well, when you consider what we've all been through, it's amazing we're all functioning so well. And Sarah Harvey has the greatest, like, cut-the-shit fake smile face. And she's like, what do you want, Mona? Leave him alone. Not until I get what's coming to me. Charlotte's dead. You can't get reparations from a corpse. You can if you know where to dig. <laughs> Mona's just like, ah, be careful. No one blames you for what Charlotte made you do. But what you do now, that's all yours. 
Sarah steps in to be intimidating because she's somehow a foot taller than Mona. Well, she is tall, too, because she is even wearing... She's wearing, like, uh, like Vans or something. She's still towering over Mona yeah. here. Poor Mona, out in the cold. No matter what you do, they're never going to trust you. You played with them too long. I'm not playing anything anymore, okay? No more games. Then you're going to be awfully lonely. <laughs> she just, like, skips off into the <laughs> darkness, leaving Mona to feel sad. Uh, is she trying to, like, seduce Mona to the dark side or something? I was just like, and then they kiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I think Heather uh, Hogan would lose her fucking mind if Mona hooked up with Sarah Harvey. <laughs> just imagine how great a scene between Sarah Harvey and Melissa Hastings would be. It would be amazing. <laughs> like, Melissa's like, is that your toilet cocktail or mine? And Sarah's like, mine. <laughs> Also, what do we, what do they make of this scene? Like, Sarah's obviously fucking with the liars. We don't know how exactly. Maybe she's sending the emojis. Maybe she's not. I don't think she is. I think it's I think it's a partial misdirect. Because I think uh, I think it's just Sarah's presence. Oh, it's like I, she's hunting for something that the liars have, or th- that Charlotte has left at the Radley or something. Yeah. And she's trying to just spook the liars and keep them off guard. I don't know. I just don't. Think. She's been fucking with them in some way or other is the implication, but I don't I don't think she's a. Well, I mean, she's clearly was enjoying how much she was unnerving Emily just by. Yeah. Yeah. There. Um, so the brew and, and quite possibly like this is Mona referring to the fact that Sarah was the eyewitness. Yeah. Yeah. And true. then Arya got called in. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the brew after hours. Ezra's like bringing like a pot of tea or whatever over to where he and Arya are sitting. And he's like, well, so far, I kind of like your boss. Although I can see how she can be a bit daunting. Arya says, Jillian has daunt she hasn't even used yet. She's sipping her tea. She's a little on edge, not looking up at Ezra at all. Yeah. What did you guys talk about in the lobby? That was work related. She wants me to go through the office, not Liam. What else? He does. He just lets that pass, like no comment at all. Yeah. Like, not like, oh, why not through Liam? He's just like, I'm oh, going to avoid that entirely. And Ari's like, nothing really. She's messing with her napkin. Her eyes are down. She's not looking at him. Then why have you not looked at me in the eye since we left the hotel? Finally, she looks up and sighs. It's not about the book, Ezra. Emily called me. Is something wrong? Allison's in the hospital. Is she back? What happened? I'm very concerned there. Uh, Ari says, no, she's not back. She's still away with Elliot. Oh. <laughs> Ezra's like, who's Elliot? He has it backwards because now is when he asks, is she okay? <laughs> or is she going to be okay? Yeah, she had an accident or what looked like an accident. The same way that what happened to me looked like an accident. She holds up her wrist. She's angry now. He's a little confused. Arya, well, what are you saying exactly? I'm saying it's happening again and we're going to do something about it. And so we we kind of we see them. We kind of pan to the side, like kind of like letting you think that, okay, Arya's going to fill in on Ezra and whatever the plan is. Back to uh, the hospital. Another silhouette is caressing Allie's face. This yeah, silhouette of a demon sitting over her bed. This yeah. time it's Dr. Rollins. He turns the light on. Hey, it's Rollins. She's happy to see him. And she's like, hey. And he's like, I didn't want to wake you. And she's like, that's all right. I was dreaming. And she's like just drunk on love, which is mm-hmm. so sad. And he's like, or, or drugs. Yeah. Yeah. I came in with good news. We can go home in the morning. All tests are clear. And she's like, that's good. And I made up my mind to cancel Chicago. And she's like, no, you have to go. It's important. And he's like, you're important. And she's like, really? I'm going to be okay now. I mean it. Go to the conference so that when you get back, I can welcome you at the door and we can have a life. And they kiss. That's it, masterful reverse psychology by Rollins there. Yeah. She looks adorable and he looks like a creepy little boy. 
Uh, and, and he's like, what happened to you? And she's like, nothing, everything. I had a dream. That's all. Well, what was in that dream? I don't want to tell you. It sounds silly. Uh, he's like, well, I don't care what it was as long as it makes you happy. And then they kiss some more and boring. And then he just, you know, caresses her face. Can for we just get to the hours. part where she's evil? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, so back at the loft, it's liar council time. Uh-huh. Caleb and Hannah are addressing the other three and Ezra. Um, of all the places they could meet up to have their liar council, they have to do it in the one fucking place that's most assuredly wired for eavesdropping. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Bad the, location. And the Go to the barn. Pit, the fire pit where Arya got burned alive uh, two days earlier. Mm-hmm. I wanted like them all to show up and Hannah to be like, hey, uh, Lucas, do you want to... Um, she like, gestures to the door. Like, uh, you know, maybe tomorrow we can whatever. Do you want to yeah. go now? Clearly, we're about to have a Christmas orgy here. Go away. Uh, so Spencer, we're not invited uh, to the Christmas orgy. Spencer and Emily, he's like, I'll just go watch it on my laptop. Uh, Spencer and Emily are on the couch together. Theory, Ari and Ezra together. Ezra has his arms folded over his chest disapprovingly. Why is he like, here? Well, I'm what sure role like, is Ezra playing in like the sting operation here? It's like, why was I the last one called? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> excuse and- me, you were not the last. I'm not in this episode. God damn it. Anna and Caleb are like standing, like like briefing them. And their plan, I want to point out, is laid out entirely on a single page of yellow paper. That appears to be like a drawing. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just a list. It's, it's like also- a little comic of like Emily or Hannah like bashing A over the head or something. Who knows? <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. I can only assume that their plan involves something similar to like the plan from Inside Man. Um, and Ezra's like... Are they going to rob a bank? They're going to rob a bank and like, build like a fake room and trap yeah. screen up forever. Uh, Ezra's like... And you can get all that ready in time. And Caleb's like, I've already started. And I can have what we need, have it when we need it. And Arya says to Hannah, are you sure you want to do this? And Hannah says, I wouldn't have thought of it if I wasn't ready to do it. Okay, everyone's looking a little uneasy here. Spencer looks like she might start crying. Yeah. And then crying into wine that she would then drink. Yeah. Caleb's like, look, guys, this isn't a democracy, okay? We're not taking votes. Now Spencer's actually crying, I think. Yeah. This is something that Hannah decided to do. And he puts his hand on Hannah's shoulder, killing Spencer a little more. Oh, what the fuck, Caleb? Is this part of the plan or something? Like, do you need Spencer to feel totally iced out? What are you doing to her? Yeah. And then uh, the only thing that you need to decide is whether or not you're going to help us. Everyone kind of weighs it for a moment. Finally, Spencer. Well, they all look to, like, Emily looks at Spencer. Aria looks at Spencer. They're just like, are you cool with this? Like, what the fuck? So, Spencer summoning a sacrifice in the last bit of like integrity that she has dignity yeah stands up or doesn't stand up she's basically steps up to say nobody here is gonna let you do this by yourself and Hannah's like all right so let's get started well, so Hannah, Hannah has this like this like who me clueless look on her face when Spencer says that which really makes me dislike Hannah right now well, like Hannah, what the fuck Hannah she's like oh you know well I think everyone else is in a in a different you know like play Hannah, meanwhile, is like, I'm Buffy in season seven of Buffy. <laughs> and you're my potentials. Well, she's just pretending like she doesn't realize like Spencer's stress right now. Like oh, she's totally clueless. Well, she's Buffy. she's general Hannah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Sacrifices are part of the plan. Yeah. So, like she doesn't know what she's doing. So she steps away, pulls out her phone, you know, and then does a like her friends are on the background, does a voice text. Leave my friends alone. I killed Charlotte. Of course, the text thing adds, you know, dash Hannah. Um, and then the words are hanging there in the air, and they scramble and fly away as Nick Acosta covers Blondie's "Call Me." Yeah, they turn into binary code ones and zeros, and then we get this like forty-five minute long montage 
<laughs> of these little ones and zeros across the screen. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, Rosewood, more stock shots going to a cell tower and then zooming through computer circuit boards and whatnot. And then out of another cell tower, like beaming somewhere, seemingly like more rural is the, the kind well, of vibe we're getting. Then they end up like in a tin can and then they follow like a string to like another yeah. tin can. <laughs> and eventually they're coming into A's lair and zooming into A's phone next to a computer. On A's computer is that Hastings for Senate commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But then, uh, yeah, A's phone beeps and oh, he, they pick it up and there's a text from Hannah. Leave my friends alone. I killed Charlotte. And that is the A tag. So, so weird. So that montage, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like they just needed to pad the running time. I don't see. It's like when we were watching this, I, I was like, oh, are we about to see who A is? Like, it was like so set up. Like, this yeah. is such a momentous well, text that's being sent. Like, what's going to happen at the other end? It's like, oh, they just checked their message. Yeah, it seems like like big fanfare. Big mm. overture. Yeah. Uh, So. I've seen a few theories suggest that A is going to do something to mess with a Hastings campaign video, like during Veronica's victory speech or something. Mm. I like that idea. That seems like the perfect time for A to do shenanigans is like at the the victory speech. Mm-hmm. Um, like show Melissa's conf- confession video, for instance. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, that would be <sighs> damning for sure. I don't know who gets <laughs> that, who exactly. That would be better than like a Howard Dean. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was the episode. That was the A tag. Uh, got any theories? Uh, Who's the twin? I'm wondering if the twin, like, either does not matter at fucking all, or if it's going to be a misdirect itself. Like, if one of them is going to pretend to be a twin. Well, this is what I'm a little confused by. Is that I don't think we're going to get an A reveal next week. I feel like there's like a one percent chance of that. I mean, we still yeah. have twenty more episodes to go. I think we can all assume that we're not going to find out who A is until like the the series finale, right? Or somewhere damn near close. Typically, to that that's the way it would go. I mean, they could change it up, but typically, that's that's how it would go. So, if there is a twin and they tell us who the twin is, it would seem the reason that the twin is not A in that case, right? Because otherwise, they wouldn't reveal that. So, I don't know how the twin would be connected to things. Then, I mean, the the I think the most popular like if you're putting odds on it i think mrs d would be number one just because it has the least impact to the plot i suppose mm. um but i don't know what the point of that would be i mean maybe there's well, like a story point i'm not thinking of but like do they it, have to switch the the production order so that nolan north could play twins yeah well that's what i'm wondering like why 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 did they switch up the production order could peter hastings have a twin um this is my uh twin brother skip yeah in the promo for next week, they kind of, you know, imply without saying it that Hannah could have the twin, uh, which would be more interesting for sure. But it's like it, whoever has a twin, I don't think the twin is A. Maybe they're the killer or something. I think Ashley would be pretty surprised. Well, OK, so I wonder, though, when you say twin, mm-hmm. does that automatically veto the idea that somebody could have like been surgically altered to look like somebody else i think it does just because they're saying twin i don't know i mean i suppose you could try a doppelganger thing or i mean like but... if like somehow for some reason it's like you know that body we found that looks exactly like charlotte de Laurentiis was identified by this cop like that actually turns out it wasn't her 
Yeah, I don't like, know. Like somebody just like did like like plastic surgery on her face. I like the idea of Hannah being a twin. That would be a cool twist. Um, I I I would want the twin to be somebody substantial and not like a tertiary character. Right. You know, like Rick and Ren. Yeah, I just I don't I don't know where they're going with it. If if the twin is not a, then what? And potentially not the killer. Then what? Where do they fit into the story? Right. You know, I don't I don't know what to make of this next episode. Um, I just you know I don't. I don't want like Maya's twin sister to call Emily with some piece of news. Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would seem like it would have to be substantial for them to like make this big deal about it, but who knows? I don't think we're going to find out that much in the next episode. I feel like this is going to be one of those season finales where people are like, we didn't get enough answers because there's still a whole other season to go, you know? You know, and the funny thing is I would, I would say welcome to the dollhouse was like a great, great finale. And you found like you found like a, like a new mystery in there. You didn't necessarily find new reveals, mm-hmm. you know. And it, but it, it, like I don't think I need. I always need answers for it to be entertaining. No, it, I'm just saying. I typically <laughs> the reaction to any finale is like, did you get answers or not? Or kind of like the, the the reactions I see online. And I I think if people are looking, like you're not going to find out who A is next week. You know, like all I want if that's what you're expecting, uh, I have bad news for you. All I want from a finale. And I, this is just me, but I'm also talking to to people who who don't get that this is a mystery show, which is a lot of PLS fans. Is I want a, a good time, I want it to be entertaining, I want it to be worth my while. I also want a, a hat rack worthy <laughs> of me hanging my hat on for a whole hiatus. That's true, although it won't be a very long one this time, at least. Yeah, it won't so be a I don't six my, month hiatus. My only prediction for next week is we finally reveal that uh, Rollins is evil. That seems uh, uh, that seems like something they can reveal without touching too much on the larger A mystery. Well, and then the question is, do they work in the uh, uh, the the flash forward scene from six ten? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is up with that thing? Um, or like, I could see where it'd be one of those things where like that's like the in media ray. This is like the, the episode. This is like the new uh, the new trend in TV shows now. It's so like show you something and then be like three months earlier you know breaking blood who's breaking in the coffin. Yeah. yeah well yeah like uh and it's a lot of times it's like writers just like we have no idea what we're doing <laughs> we're just we'll figure it out ball. later yeah, yeah the ball download at the yard um do you what do you think will be the situation with the shippers being shocked uh i think that i mean that was like the social media team who always like overhype everything i feel mm-hmm. like it's just gonna be like Ezra and Arya kiss or something dumb like that. I don't think it's going to be. I Oh, here's the thing. We we know from the promo that like Caleb is most likely going to have some like morning sex with Spencer in the next episode. Mm. So if they're like, I don't know how you work that in and then they break up or something. I don't know. Well, I know she spent some time with Tobe. Mm-hmm. Toblerone. Uh. I feel like they're, they're doing the old pairings just to, like appease the shippers, but. I don't think they're actually getting back together. They're just going like, to give Whoa. them some moments or something. That's good drama, though. You know, having Spencer and Toby have to do scenes together is, is good drama. That is good drama. <laughs> I'm just me. glad to have Trust scenes. me. I'm fucking Shakespeare. Um, but yeah, so my, my first theory was that Rollins is manipulating Alice. And now my hope theory is that Allison's doing the same to him. There's a shot in the preview of it looks like a blonde is about to make a walk at night to the church. And it's like some people are like, well, that could have been Charlotte. I wonder if Vanessa Ray will be in this episode coming up. Mm. My 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 one thought was that 
you have the, uh, the hush hush sweet Charlotte thing. My thought was like maybe there's a kind of a vertigo angle where somebody's going to try to manipulate yeah Jackson into jumping or following Charlotte's footsteps. Kind of like um, there's an old Polanski movie called The Tenant, which mm-hmm. is entirely geared toward trying to manipulate this guy into committing suicide. <laughs> um, it's an interesting movie. The way Polanski movies are interesting in that regard. Um, but I just wonder if the twin thing is just like gonna be part of the liars trick that they're playing i want i want one of those emily in the greenhouse scenes you know what i mean yeah where she gets the top down a hmm you want to see what you're afraid of yeah you're afraid of more rollins scenes Uh, anyway that was did you miss me next week's episode is hush hush sweet liars Written by Arm Running King, directed by nobody knows. It's not listed anywhere. I'm very curious to know who directed this episode. I'm assuming it's her, but yeah, I it's not guess. listed. Yeah. Um, so we got a few reviews in iTunes. Wanted to thank It's Steph Randall, Asel92, Kelly Blue Shoes, Corey Pie P, What Nicknames Aren't Taken Seriously, Chill Bells121411, and L1231. Uh, thank you to all of them. That's a lot of reviews in a week. Uh, if you like the podcast, always feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. We definitely appreciate it. We are up to almost 200 reviews now. We have 197 reviews. That's crazy, mm-hmm. especially for a podcast like ours. So thank you to everyone who leaves reviews. I did not check internationally, so I know we might have a few of those. Uh, it just takes a while to look those up. Um, anything else you got, Marco? Well, I know... Uh... Raquel mentioned that she gets a shout out every other episode. Uh, we do read all the reviews. We mm-hmm. absolutely do because I, we the words don't express how much they mean to us. Um, we don't read them all on air. Uh, you know, Raquel's is wonderful. Raquel also suggested us to her coworkers, which is great. Mm-hmm. Rhea tweeted us uh, thinking that the Mona and Sarah scene was worth a half an hour alone of the podcast. <laughs> I don't think we quite got there. Sorry. Um, I think yeah. they deserve a half hour screen time though. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, anyways, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at broswatchpll2 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Our website page is broswatchpll2.com, where you can leave a longer comment. And I think that is about it. Oh, um, did you want to talk about the Mona thing at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, let me last one thing about the next week is, you know, one more episode left. That's cool. I want to see people go crazy about that. Don't be an asshole about it. What do you mean? Well, I don't. I don't ever want to hear somebody ever say again, "The fans should write this show." Well, you're going to hear that. I have bad news for you. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the Mona thing. Yeah. So Rachel on Twitter wants to know why why we have this like double standard about Mona. Like we, you know, we we don't treat Ezra like that, but you know, we're so forgiving of Mona and all the horrible things that she's done. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I am much like PLO itself. PLO is about, you know, there's a reason why Charlotte, well, lived for a while. And then, <laughs> you know, like Nate St. Germain didn't is because PLO is very good about getting at the heart of their villains and not necessarily always redeeming them, but trying to understand them. Um, and I think that, the, you know, it's not always been the greatest of motivations, but I don't know. I guess I just I see a certain kind of humanity to Mona. Uh that that I appreciate a certain kind of wound, you know. I guess my feeling is that I feel like Mona is clearly portrayed in the show as part of like a cycle of bullying. Mm-hmm. You know, she 
she was treated poorly. She lashed out and treated the liars poorly. I don't think she's like pure evil or anything. I mean, it's some, some of it's just like empathy and compassion for the character mm-hmm. that I don't have for somebody like say Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I do think it's different if Mona was a guy, like it just is, you know, mm-hmm. there's a difference in, in like, you know, power and whatnot there. Um, I don't know. I, I feel empathetic towards Mona. And so I can, I, I don't like excuse her of what she did, but I do think that Mona, at least now is trying to be a good person. I, you know, I don't know. I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. And she's like a super fun character. You know, she, that's, that's the number one thing. She's I mean, entertaining. It is also a TV show. You know, sometimes it's okay to root for people who are antiheroes or not the greatest people, especially if they're really fun and compelling. So I'm, I'm much more invested in Mona's struggle to, you know, and Mona has two struggles, really. It's to redeem herself in the eyes of the liars once and for all. I mean, that's what this whole scene of Charlotte or with uh, Sarah was about. But also, Mona is still trying to prove something to herself. She's still trying to reclaim mm-hmm. something for herself, both just in how she deals with herself, whatever she sees when she sees in the mirror. But you know, from that little, uh, that like, uh, uh, in between the scenes or in between the seasons, like, uh, deleted scene thing of her and oh, Allison. Oh, her and Allison, yeah. And then in this one, like, she's very concerned about the way her future will be damaged <laughs> by her past, you know? And it's like kind of like if Hannah could say, I'm tired of being punished for things that I did a long time ago that I paid for, like, why can't Mona say that too? And then you take a guy like Ezra, who's actively doesn't necessarily have Arya's best interest <laughs> always at heart. I, I I guess I just don't have as much empathy for somebody like Ezra. You know, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I Mona's mean, great. You know. I like Mona. Sorry, you know, she's an antihero. Uh, she's definitely done bad things, but I I really enjoy her character. Just remind you again that Ezra said, if she's gonna be reasonable, he didn't stand a chance. <laughs> oh, what a shithead! Anyway. That was our episode. We'll be back next week to talk about Hush Hush Sweet Liars, the finale. Um, as far as the off season goes, I'm, I'm sure we'll do a few things. We'll, we'll pick back up on our headcanon podcast. I'm sure Marco doesn't want to do a Game of Thrones podcast, but maybe I, have, I can talk him into it. I have countered with a, a proposal, which we'll see how that plays out. Will we? Will I? We'll see. You haven't told me. We talked about it Tuesday night. Did we? What yeah. was it? <laughs> I don't. I don't recall this at all. We'll see if it happens. Okay. So. Hmm. All right. Well, have a good one. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye.